Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what a few commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. I'm Dave Lozo of Vice Sports and a lot of other places too. And I'm Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Well, technically you're in limbo now. I'm in fun employment this week. Right. As we do the show, we should probably set the scene. Uh, Dave and I are sitting at a small table in a what I would call a moderate hotel room mm-hmm. set up, two yeah. beds. It's very beige. There's generic art on the wall that looks like it could come from a condolence card. Walmart. Oh, actually, I, actually, I drew that and had them hang it. <laughs> but the real thing that we need to tell you is that we are doing this show remotely from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, inside the statuesque and regal Excalibur Hotel and Casino. Like we're currently dressed as like old timey court jesters mm-hmm. to just get into the feel. That's right. I like it. It's uh, my well. I had to stuff a sock. Inside to make it look more impressive. These are very skin tight. That's was, was, this is why I never cosplayed as the Riddler. Wait, Same that's, that's not you. I'm looking at right no, now. No, that's that's several. Uh, that's at wow. least several socks and a, and also a, a, a large can of Miller High Life. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, yeah. Is your cell phone in there too? You got a lot of yep, stuff. Yeah, I have my cell phone there too. It, it, you, you, your your crotch looks like the, the the fat guy in the Dark Knight who has the cell phone inside of him. Like yeah, that's what you look like right now. You have a cell phone. <laughs> it's growing a little bit. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it, 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 And the thing is, is I tried to fashion the socks as testicles, but they kind of move around, so now it looks like I'm a, I'm a, a, a traffic light with a very excited yeah. yield sign. It, it, it's, it's always what I imagine Bicentennial Man's dick would look like. <laughs> we shouldn't talk about dicks as much, because on Reddit, they, they, there was a guy who discovered the show, and the first episode he listened to was last week when we went through the uh, NHL uh, dick cast system. Yeah. So I think I feel like maybe I don't want our show to be a, the dick show. All right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, we're dicks, but like... You want to talk vaginas this week to balance it out? No, I do not want to do that. Why not? Big vaginas, small vaginas? Because, Dave, I'm corporate now. I'm, you're, a, I'm corporate right, now. You're I'm right. corporate Greg now. Right. You're corporate Greg. You're, you're left-wing cuck. Yeah. Anti-America snowflake. So for those who don't know, I, 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 the, the uh, period of, of grab-ass has ended... Um, and I, I revealed uh, this week, or ESPN revealed this week, that I'm now going to be at ESPN, ESPN.com, ESPN yes. the Magazine. Yeah. I'm going to be on the, the TV shows. I'm going to be there with Steve Levy, who we saw last night at the Golden Knights game. And it's awesome. Like, as I said in my little, my little spiel on the website, um, like, it's the whole point of what I do is to try to what I do what I do you sound like sound like my brother-in-law oh the whole point of what I do is to is to try to broaden the tent make it larger get everybody into hockey that I possibly can so you can get more money from them in our Patreon I mean there's a patreon.com slash puck soup ancillary benefit to it but honestly (laughs) it's like the thing I did at Puck Daddy was always trying to create as many entry points to the game as possible and and at ESPN and the people I've talked to there like that's what they're trying to do like I fully acknowledge the fact that ESPN has not always been the kindest ally to hockey. I've, I've written about it for years. It is uh, it is known that on television sometimes hockey gets the uh, short end of the stick, and by that mean uh, by that I mean the highlights are playing as the credits are rolling on Sports Center occasion. And, and, and it's good to know that like after you shit on ESPN for like a decade, they're like, "How about you come work for us?" Well, that's the thing. Like I, I 
I feel like now the tide's turning. I could become the public editor someday. You certainly could. <laughs> the door is open. I feel like the tide's turning. I've met a lot of people already uh, at ESPN, including Emily Kaplan, who's going to be writing with me, and Chris Peters is going to be writing with me. And these are, you know, people that you should know already. They're doing a hell. They're doing great work. And like, on top of that, there's so many hockey fans inside the the company. That part of my gig is going to be trying to ferret them out. Like I wrote, I, I need Cerebro. I need to be able to put on Cerebro and, and find the mutant hockey genes in some of these people. You gotta find the, there. You gotta find the people that get that reference at ESPN because they're probably going <laughs> to be like, I'm sorry, is that like a guy from but, HR, Cerebro? But to, to put a fine point on it, to speak to your point, nothing changes. It's, it's the, it, I'm, I'm not going to be blogging as often probably just because they have a different approach to the timing of articles and stuff like that. It's a bit more of a traditional media setup in that way. But, like, the Twitter is going to be the same. Nothing nothing probably uh, heartened my, uh, more, my editors more than, than having me tweet about the Trump White House visit for the Penguins on the day I was hired. Yeah, more. Con- considering all the Jamel Hill stuff going on. Anti-Trump, pro-Hillary. Yeah. Uh, the the the, the the irreverent stuff's gonna gonna be the same. Although I don't quite know if we're gonna be able to carry the eulogies over. Sorry to disappoint everybody. <laughs> um, I'll be doing a podcast there. We're gonna be doing video stuff there. Seriously, like I I am in debt to Yahoo for nine years of, of a lot of great you know leeway and the ability to create things. And I'm so happy that I listen. I always thought if I if I made this kind of move that it was gonna be shackles time that I would have to just you know, be a lemur and go over the cliff with whatever company I, I went to. But it's pretty clear to me that they are going to give me space to create and space to be myself and, and space to use the extraordinarily larger sandbox that they have to kind of do stuff uh, on the hockey tip. And, and that's great. And, and the, the other thing, too, is that, like, having worked at a company that, frankly, put more value on several sports than hockey during my time at Yahoo, I've also figured out how to write things and package things and convince people fucking knock doors down to uh to get them to pay attention to the sport and that's part of it like i'm not trying to be like you know i don't know what the word would be i'm trying to just picture you like sitting outside the 6 p.m like espn sports center meeting with like all these notes hey guys look i know it's your show you do whatever you want but um uh, make us a vintage at us five goals. This year. <laughs> uh, maybe you just throw that in there at the end. I'm, I'm not saying. trying. I'm not trying to be braveheart. Like, uh, but but I am trying to be braveheart. I'm, I'm literally trying to go to ESPN and make them make them pay attention to hockey. And I, and I, I appreciate. Hmm. I, I got some really lovely things. Uh, notes from people in the industry. Notes from you guys. Notes from uh, people from fucking high school that all of a sudden realized that I'm at ESPN and not at a search engine. <clears throat> and wow, uh, uh, but uh, no, but there I mean that's is. the thing. Like they they Boom. didn't give me any fucking time. Like I, there was a girl from high school that I haven't heard from in ten years. All of a sudden it's like, oh wow, ESPN. Yeah. So it still has cachet, and I, and I want to use that cachet to do great work for you guys and to knock down doors that might. Uh, been uh, you know double uh, dead bolts in front of me because I was working for a company that didn't have the same sort of cachet that ESPN does, and I'm really excited to see what we're able to accomplish. We're going to have a lot of fun there. Like I'm super stoked for it. So if you were Braveheart, who is Catherine McCormick in the in the analogy? Like who who's the who's the, who's the woman that you love that gets killed that causes you to go on the murder? Would, would it be hockey itself that got its throat slit at, slit at the NHL? It, it would probably be the, the time when they uh, they pushed hockey aside for Texas Hold'em. By the way, Daniel Negrano on the show today. <laughs> so so who who had prima nocta with hockey? Like let's, let's like and then you. 
I don't know. I was more of a Rob Roy fan, to be honest with you. That was the uh, alternate. The, the alternative. Remember the Braveheart and Rob Roy came out around the same time. I was more of a Rob Roy fan. I don't remember Rob Roy. Is that Liam Neeson? Oh, Tim Roth was in it. Anyways, um, thanks again for everybody being so sweet about the ESPN thing. It's uh, it's a cool thing. I promise that I will work my ass off for you and uh, stay true to myself and to the work we've done. And uh, and hopefully uh, it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. I know the f- most fun thing that I, I know about it so far is that uh, for the first time since I worked at Burger King in high school, I have to go to a full fledged orientation, two day orientation session where I'm going to watch. It's like you have to watch like a 45 minute video on the history of Disney. Here's what's going to happen. You and Katie Nolan are going to be like in the back of the orientation class together, and you're going to do so much shit, you're going to get fired before the orientation oh. is over. You're going to be like throwing paper balls at the Mickey sucks. They're going to they're, they're going to they're going to take us out of the classroom and put us in the principal's yeah. office, and they're going to be like, okay, who did the dicks? <laughs> and you both point at each other. Yeah. <laughs> but Katie's a good example. Like, not uh, the, the 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 thing I'm really excited about is. You know, we're going to do a podcast there, and it's going to be a chance, I think, if, if everything goes the way I want it to, to reach out to Katie, reach out to Butchergrass, reach out to all of the people there that have some love of Puck and, and get them involved, too. So, oh, the thing you should also do is, is apologize to everybody for, for killing Jeff Merrick. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I should probably do that, too. Yeah. Uh, that, the, the, the MVSW podcast will, will end it this week. If You can look in your iTunes for the final episode there. It's the corporate. It's the thing that happens, you know. Corporate, corporate nonsense. It's corporate the, the, the line. The line is drawn in the sand between uh, a couple of companies, and uh, and that's just kind of how it worked. It's like that, now you're like Leno and Letterman. You can't you can't be guest on each other's show anymore. Hey, have you heard about this? You uh, murdered a podcast. Everybody really liked. It's a headline here. It says Merrick versus Pischinski. <laughs> oh, <laughs> have you heard about Have you heard about this, Paul? Uh, ruined a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways thanks again it's uh it was a really it was weird reading reading all of the stuff in the last couple weeks about podcast and leaving yahoo and going to espn and i don't like uh as much as i self uh self google and self search for myself on reddit yeah you gotta stop doing that i also don't like when i'm like i'm the news i like making making news and and creating things and, and not being the focal focal point of the yeah, that's that's what everybody says when they enjoy being the focal point of the news. I do want to say one thing about one of my friends on Reddit who talked about me going to ESPN. I thought it was kind of funny. There was a dude on Reddit who who was writing about the the news, and uh, he said that he never read anything I wrote about hockey, but he f- decided that I was an asshole because I name dropped and and talked about myself while taping a Doug Loves Movies podcast at the Gramercy Theater. Like, what a random thing. Like, here's I've written about hockey for nine years. I don't know this guy from hockey, but when he was on this movie a trivia podcast, what an asshole. Okay, A again, you gotta stop you gotta stop going online and reading your read it looking for your name. And two, if that guy doesn't like name dropping, he is not gonna like your story on the Patreon bonus episode where you <laughs> talked about Kevin Spacey. <laughs> That's gonna piss him off like till, till no till no end. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, final apologies to everybody who uh, was left in the dark and uh, thought I was going to the athletic and I couldn't say anything. Myrtle, Myrtle and I actually were really enjoying it behind the scenes. <laughs> was the, like, James was kind of having it, getting tickled by the idea. And I think he I think he thinks maybe he got about ten or eleven subscribers <laughs> across the board for people who thought I was going to write there. Uh, condolences to everybody who thought I was going to the Ringer because Ruby works there. Uh, and uh, and condolences to that one person who thought I was going to NBC because uh, you know it would have been really fun to work with Pierre. What you should do is is you should write a why I'm not going to the athletic piece. <laughs> 
Why I'm Not Going to the Athletic by Greg Wyshynski. And it's a picture of you like holding your ESPN contract. Burying the lead, by the way, in that very contract that says that this podcast continues unfettered. Unfettered. Which, which again, is uh, did we talk about that over on the show about when we found out the news? I think so. It was after the Toronto Live podcast, and I was in negotiations with ESPN, and I wrote this like really thoughtful uh, note to the people there about... Uh, why I wanted to do this and why I thought it was important and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and since we're not affiliated with a big old media company, I thought there was a chance they'd let me do it still. And, like, we did the Toronto live show. We go to this bar afterwards. We're having drinks at this long fucking godfather table is the way I would probably describe it. Uh, oh, the big, giant, the, the big giant, giant table, big yeah. Table? And then I get this email from, from ESPN. I literally pull, pull Lozo out of the fucking room and take him over to another part of the bar. And we start jumping around like schoolgirls. At the uh, at the chance to, to kill, yeah, us, people, still do this. people people were staring. Yeah, they were like, "Well, it was the open mouth kiss that I think really threw people." Well, yeah, they, I, th- I think they assumed like one of us was like dying, and then we found out we got good news. <laughs> gee, I wonder who that is. Wait, is it the bald guy, the bald thin guy, or oh, oh. <laughs> I see how it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> or the plump, lushly haired, <laughs> healthy looking lad. That guy's that guy's way too healthy. It's that's that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I would I would hope as far as my health goes. I'm I'm in that sweet spot of he's healthy enough looking where he's not dying, but he's also not fat enough where people think I'm going to die. Like yeah, like they could have saw you and been like, oh maybe maybe the 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 foul for his heart came in and it's right. it's, it's 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 ready for <laughs> surgery tomorrow. Oh god. Oh good times, death. Um, yeah, so we're we're here uh, in Vegas. Uh, I'm on my fun employment. Lozo's here for Vice. He wrote a really intriguing and awesome story about the first uh, Golden Knights game that we both attended last night. I do uh, hope that you check it out. But um, what a what a fucking surreal time to be in Vegas for this first game. Like I'm sure everybody is already up to speed on on how the, the Knights did it last night. Uh, a lovely pregame ceremony. Big long video, kind of. Uh, showing pictures of people, residents in town, and fire departments, and everybody who who pitched in to to, to save lives after that that horrible massacre that occurred at the at the at the concert here. Um, Fifty eight seconds of silence, and not one person screamed out, "Let's go, Rangers!" Yeah, that was pretty impressive. I was stunned. I was standing there counting. I'm like, "All right, fifty eight seconds. Someone, a human being in 2017, cannot be alone with their own thoughts for a minute yeah. without and nobody, nobody said anything." Yeah, maybe if the rivalry with the Coyotes was better, yeah. they'd be like, "Dolby sucks!" I'm like, "Oh shit, but retire, bitch, Don, you suck." <laughs> He's like, "Can I play the team anymore?" Like, uh, <laughs> right. so the uh, the. Uh, um, the names of the victims were on the ice. Uh, lovely video, moment of silence, lovely anthem. And then Derek Anglin takes the mic and addresses the crowd. A, a Vegas resident, a guy that, you know, a lot of people here know, uh, who's, who's worked to, to grow hockey here through, like, uh, you know, community games and shit like that. Takes the mic, speaks on behalf of the team. And the thing about it that, I, that really struck me um, in, in a really uh, positive way and a really heartfelt way was it reminded me of the, of the marathon bombing in Boston. Like the, the Boston Strong was a thing here, Vegas Strong was a thing here. You see it all over the place. And uh, as we talk with Daniel Negrano later in the show, the whole thing had this wonderful sense of community. And to have that on the same night as this community is now introduced to its first professional team uh, was, um, I mean, tragic, but also really inspiring. I felt. I still can't believe Derek Anglin scored. <laughs> I 
know, right? Like, like in every way you can possibly not believe Derek Angle and Squirrel. Like that went in, and I remember being like, "Oh, that had to hit something." There's been, nah, Derek, no, nah, no. Nah. And then they announced it. I'm, well, well, first of all, I was like, "Hey, this is awesome!" Because I bet the over, and now we're, we're yeah, we're, we're, we're two goals in, like five minutes into the game, right? But. Like yeah, him score. Like it's like it, it, I also feel bad in a way too because like if you're a Vegas fan and you're just figuring out hockey, like I hate to tell you, it's not going to go like this for the next seventy nine games. I don't like, know. You're not going to have these amazing moments. You're going to have some games where you're going to be like, how much do we pay to get in here? But for the for, for the first night, it was our, our it was poll amazing. question this week is about what you think uh, Vegas will end up doing. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. I will say this: as Lozo said, he had action on the game last night. He was not the only person on press row with action on the game. And uh, and, and for those who have not been here yet, T-Mobile Arena is located literally across the street from the Monte Carlo Sportsbook. Sportsbook's right inside the doors too. <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and I, can't, I have to imagine this will be part of the tradition of coming to these games. The, the idea that you can legally wager on the game you're about to watch yeah. and then walk across the street and go watch the game. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I wish there were more ways to bet on hockey. We talk, we touched on this with, with Negrano as well. Um, but uh, to have that be a part of the experience is kind of cool. Now let's talk about the experience. There needs to be some kitschy stuff at a Vegas professional sports game for sure. I enjoyed the light-up drum line. I enjoyed the little castle. But, but one, like, one what thing the- did not ring true for me. <laughs> what, the wave? Although you, I didn't realize this until we talked about it last night. But you are pro wave guy. I'm not pro wave. I'm just. I see the You're wave. You're a, a wave guy. No, the thing about the people who hate the wave, it's like the people that have never seen Game of Thrones. Whenever they see the wave, they got to tell you that they don't like the wave. That's the, that, that's the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, oh, sit down, stop doing the wave. Oh, it's oh, you're doing the wave in the in the third period of a two-two. Oh, it's the wave. You're doing the wave right now. It's a two-two game in the seventh inning. Yeah, someone stood up and sat down in one second. Like, why does that fucking bother you so much? Let's, That's the part that bothers. Th- that, uh, you're completely wrong. It, it is a t- it's an issue of timing. No, it's not. If you're in a fucking five-one game and you want to do the wave, wave away, wave all day. People were still mad about the wave. Like, so, someone tweeted at me. They were like, "Not all fans did the wave." But you know why? Because when you see it at a hockey game, the the automatic assumption is that it's at some place that doesn't value hockey. It's not a. It's an American thing that's right. happening. And a- yeah. Another reason to get mad at people who are like, "Oh, the wave." But that wasn't the worst thing, though. Was I don't it? want. Hold on. I, but I don't want to see a fucking wave in a two-two game. Like, don't do the fucking wave. Watch the game. That's distracting. So you, you're you're now that guy. You're the guy that's like, oh, you don't like, you don't appreciate the yeah. sport the way I do because you're well, you're no, standing up and sitting there's down. There's a time really and a place for everything. No, like, no, there's not. Any, yeah, there totally is. Any, any Here, time, any guess place. what? If it's a if it's a choo choo game in the last minute, there, I just did the you wave. Just did the wave. It was very distracting. Yeah, you hear how I stopped? <laughs> you hear how I stopped? If it's a choo choo game and it's a minute left, guess what you shouldn't do? The fucking kiss cam. Or any of that gimmicky shit. They just park it because they know at that point the game is the most important thing. Greg, why do you hate fun? Why do you hate seeing people happy? I love fun. I, I, I am a, a fan of fun. I am a pro-fun, which is why I don't like the wave. The wave is not fun. You know who you are? You're Monica Geller. <laughs> you're, you think you're fun, but you want it organized and rigid in the ways that you want it only. Well, there should be a... I mean, listen, I, I spent all this a, time... And you have a great body. I spent all this time on dinner... We're going to eat it at a certain time, <laughs> and then we're going to have a beef trifle for dessert that, that Rachel made. <laughs> you should see the way this motherfucker laughs when I make friends references. It's like it's like a, it's like tickling a baby because you're there. You're like you're like right on the you're you're like tickling the outside of the friends reference like the uh, trifle. <laughs> it's like it's like a goo goo. Dave's like ah. Oh, do Joey meat good. Jam good. I thought about Joey to, uh, because I was reading in Entertainment Weekly the um, they had a Blossom reunion 
in the in the magazine, the show Blossom, a very special reunion. Somebody article. posted a photo of what that guy looks like now. Joey Lawrence. He's like blonde, yeah, or something. And I don't know what's happening there. <coughs> but here's the thing: he looks like the bad guy from Constantine. Do you think that that Joey on Friends was based at all on? Joey Lawrence on Blossom. I remember there being like overlap. I remember thinking that when the because show was they're both on. named Joey and they're both like, Whoa, they're like Duh, hey, Duh, I'm Joey. Yeah. But if you go back and watch like the first season of Friends, like all the, like it, this is how it is on a lot of shows, especially like it's always sunny. Like the first season of, of it's always sunny. Charlie Day is a human being, like, right? Like he doesn't just like he didn't become eat a character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's the same thing. It's like Joey in the first episode or the first season of Friends is like he's kind of dopey, but like he's he's aware. He's suave. If yes. They, if memory serves, in the first season of friends joey is suave and he was built to be the breakout sex symbol of the show and like by season four like you're like how how is anybody fucking joey joey's a yeah. dumb fat moron like yeah, why is few, anybody banging him? a few seasons in he, he goes from being a suave debonair uh, uh flirtatious guy to the guy who puts meat on his dick so it looks like he has yeah. a foreskin for yes. an audition he's, he's 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 pouring a gallon of milk on his face to prove that he can drink a gallon of milk in 10 <laughs> seconds like he, he he becomes a child <laughs> But We're that, talking about oh right hockey hockey oh yeah now the thing that I hated more than anything it's honestly I'm not trying to shit on the Golden Knights they're new they're sweet they're a, a lovely team I only want the best things for hockey in Wait, Vegas why are you pulling down your pants and squatting over a Vegas Knights logo what are you going to do because I had to do it because one of the single worst things I've ever heard at any sporting event ever was the moment in the game again in the third period so at near the end of the game don't need it but it was a blowout the at that dude point got, the dude got on the microphone microphone dude got on the microphone and said we're gonna start a new tradition here in vegas by the way as far as songs go i don't know i'm not too familiar with that panic at the disco song they play for a goal song i couldn't really hear it anyway it was very loud emily emily said she knows it emily's emily's, emily kaplan emily's my new friend emily's a millennial she if she knows it then it's 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 fine yeah i'm sure it's great and they're from vegas so that's great although i guess if you write it you could do like a killer song too i guess if they're if you're looking for a vegas band by the way imagine dragons is like featured a lot on the scoreboard the colorado avalanche fucking ruined that band for me man like i see <laughs> the, them on, i see them and i'm like oh God. for those who don't remember the colorado avalanche did did a, a, a like a season pump up video welcome to the noon day yeah to, to imagine dragons and it was it, 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 there were scenes there were scenes in which it looked like Gabe Laniscog was beating off and looking in the mirror at himself. It was really, really weird. And now, like, that's the first... I, I think of that, and, like, I think of Sarah Kwok, too, because, like, Sarah Kwok was making fun of that song, like, <laughs> all the time during the playoffs. That like, it's just, I, I have such a bad, like, like relationship with Imagine Dragons, but, like, apparently they're loved here. Yeah, like, Panic at the Disco is the goal song, but they play Viva Las Vegas as their New York, New York, Yankees win kind of... Uh, yeah kiss-off thing, and that's fucking great. Like, I was waiting for that song to be introduced into Game Ops in some way, shape, or form, and, and to have that as your victory song is really cool. I could see people, like, sticking around to, mm-hmm. to sing it or whatever, and they were singing it actually after that game. But the thing, the song that, the, the, one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life was the guy gets up and he's like, we're gonna start a new tradition here. Everybody's familiar with the classic song Sweet Caroline. Well, when it says Sweet Caroline, we're gonna sing Sweet Golden Nights. You could feel the crowd groan when he said it a little bit. Like, yeah, they're like, ah, oh, really? It was it was the kind of groan uh. reminiscent of being at some sort of a uh, like a, a symposium, and and there's always somebody who gets up in front of the crowd at a, at the corporate symposium. And yeah. it's like it's like, all right, we're gonna do a little fun exercise here. Every 
everybody on this side of the room could look like a chicken. And you're like, it's fucking 7.30 and I'm in Cleveland. I haven't had coffee yet. I'm a 34-year-old man with two kids. I'm not clucking like a chicken. <laughs> Fuck off. But if old. you could fit everything in your life in one bag. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so so they, they, they played the song. And I would wager if there were still 14 or 15,000 fans at this place towards the end of the game, I would wager three sang along. But, but it, it went like this. It was like, sweet golden nights. They actually showed two women on the scoreboard, and then when they saw themselves, they were like, they, there was, it, was like it was like Kiss Cam, when you don't want to be on Kiss Cam, but it was like, we're not singing this. Don't put it, don't put it on. Yeah, don't they're like, we're cousins. Um, But yeah, Sweet Golden Nights It it is a tradition that I really hope Is a one game tradition That it is never redone Is never attempted again It was fucking atrocious I can't believe there's no video or audio of it on Twitter That's because I I think it caught people off guard Yeah, yeah, like I froze I was like I I recorded the the Cirque du Soleil during the thing But I got in Sweet Golden Wait, sweet. No, you, can't, you can't say it like that. There's only one way to say it. Sweet golden nights, and we've been fucking singing it for 24 hours. Let's be honest. Like, I can't it's get the, it out of my head. It's, it's growing it's, on me. It's, it's 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 not growing on me. It's growing on me like like a toe fungus. But like I I can't stop thinking about it. It's so bad. But are they gonna like like shoehorn it into like why not shoehorn it into like Viva Las Vegas like Viva Vegas Golden Knights Vegas Golden Knights. Viva I told somebody Golden that works for the Knights last night I'm like that was fucking terrible I said the only thing the only way that I approve of this thing continuing is if you shoehorn it into other songs right. <laughs> like like I said why not why not play it like fucking ladies and gentlemen this is uh, Led Zeppelin's immigrant song but when they go ah mm-hmm. you're gonna say Golden Knights just just for every like, I, yeah. w- I want a new song like all 41 days like like just grab like some Taylor Swift hits. We're gonna start a new new tradition with Taylor Swift. Instead of shaking it off, we're gonna say Vegas Golden Knights. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. How do I do that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Vegas Golden Knights. Man, man, I feel like a Golden Knight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like golden nights. <laughs> and all the Vegas nights are marching. <laughs> Black and gold sticks are waving. <laughs> golden nights. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of golden nights in my eyes. <laughs> a little bit of golden nights, that's all I say. Some more golden nights, here I am. Though it's cold and lonely in the deep dark <laughs> night, I can see paradise by the golden <laughs> nights. Why is Cher singing this song? Why is Cher? Because I'm a little bit under the weather, and apparently my meatloaf sounds like Cher. Hello, Vegas nights, my friends. We're here to sing a song again. <laughs> James Neal is slowly skating. Just put any song. You can do it for literally any song. Let's go the nights together. <laughs> now we're playing more than ever. Let's go the nights together now. Vegas nights. 
Don't let me down. <laughs> God, you're right. Anyway. Oh, that was Hey Jude, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to find the song with like the least association where you just say the word and you're just like, what song? Hey. You know what? I think the people at that game had a really good time, but not everybody probably got their tickets the day they went on sale, Dave Lozo. Why? Why Sometimes you got to get your tickets from what's called the secondary market. What's the best way to do that, though? I think the best way to do that, Dave Lozo, is go to SeatGeek. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. A long-time sponsor of the Puck Soup podcast. Oh, by the way, you're in Puck Soup. I don't think I said that because I was such a buddy ESPN thing. Um, There's nothing like quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person. Uh, buying tickets to sporting events and concerts can be very complicated. Thankfully, there is a better, simpler way to buy tickets, and that is with SeatGeek. I got the SeatGeek app on my phone. By far, it's the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. As I mentioned before, grabbed some Bruno Mars tickets recently. The show was at the Barclays Center, and guess what? I saw the stage pretty unobstructed, except for that tall guy in front of me. That kind of sucked. I had to do the, the switcheroo with Ruby, you know, where, like, if you're off, you have floor seats, you kind of survey it, and you know, if she's got the tall person in front of her, I'll go in back of her and kind of crane around the person. You ever had that at a concert? What do you mean? Like you're adding a layer of, of human between you and the tall guy? How does that help? No, no, no. You Like I'm saying that she goes to my seat if I have a more, better sight line. Oh, oh, the oh. Little, the little concert switcher. I get you. See, I would have just assumed you would have just gone on her shoulders and watched that way. I would have gone on her shoulders. Yeah. She's strong. She's very strong like bull. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago girl. Broad shoulders. <laughs> City of the broad shoulders. No, that's Philly, isn't it? I thought Chicago. How many nicknames does Chicago have? The Windy City, Chi Town, Cubby Town, Cubbyville, Wrigleyville, um, uh, Gotham, Gotham, Gotham. Yeah, the city of the city by the lake. Chicago is based on or Gotham City is based on Chicago. Well, the Dark Knight took place in Chicago, and then the Dark Knight Rises took place in Pittsburgh. No, but I think like in the comics. Anyway, so Sea Geek. <laughs> How does it feel that Bane took over the city? Um, <laughs> I have this, the app on my phone. I, I, it, it could be anywhere in just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. Uh, here's what you get to do as uh, dedicated Puck Soup listeners. Uh, you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code SOUP, S-O-U-P, today. That is promo code SOUP for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Do it now. It's, it's a, it's a, do it. Uh, it's a fantastic service. I wholeheartedly endorse it. Uh, SeatGeek. Uh, for all of your concert and uh, and uh, uh, sporting event uh, ticket needs, sir. There you go. There you have it. Um, I think the Knights' uh, game was fun. Uh, I think the Coyotes are pretty bad. That's a bad club right there. Yeah, like they were. They look like they look like they were a bunch of dudes who never played together before. Like they were all just drafted in the off season. And they they formed the team like two months ago. You mean almost like an expansion. Like team. an expansion. Yeah, team a little gotcha. Bit. Yeah, a little, yeah, little bit. Yeah. By the way, one, one other thing too in the game ops, like there was a they like they they had the PA guy occasionally just be like Coyotes offside. Coyotes yeah, icing. And icing, yeah. And like outside of one instance where at the end of the first period the crowd was going nuts because it was like counting down to the end of the period and they just kicked the shit out of the Coyotes for 20 minutes, like they were like icing Coyotes or icing Knights because I think they thought the clock had run out. But like besides that, like I I don't I don't think the crowd didn't feel lost to me at any point. No, I, I think there's going to be a lot of, of previous hockey fans. Like we've met a bunch of people since we've been, been here at the Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur! Uh, yeah, by the way, I, I didn't finish my thought from before. The room is a motel room. The rest of the place, a luxurious castle from the 1980s. 
<laughs> it really is. It really is. Like, like if you were to ever like crawl inside Donald Trump's head and be like, "What does he think is luxury?" It's it's the castle no, outside. That's, the see, Excalibur. I just I will push back on that because I have stayed at the Taj Mahal. That that friend is is that's scooped from his cerebellum and put into a a blueprint. But that's a dump. Yeah, but it's it's the kind of like. Like, I'll never forget the first time I went to, to Trump Taj Mahal, or the first time I ever saw it. Well, I was driving to Atlantic City with my, with my family, and my mom was in the front seat of the car, and she looked at the building, and she goes, Gregory, that is so gaudy. 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 Oh, so That's gaudy, the word for it. It's gaudy. This place just seems like, you know, if you took Medieval Times Dinner and Tournament and then made a casino concept of it. And then never changed it for around twenty five or thirty years. And then, as new casinos grew up around you, right. you just you just hunkered down and right. said, "Actually, on our on our walk in here, like there was a, a woman that was trying to get us to come over to do a thing, and she was dressed like a like a squire, I guess yeah. would be the term. Yeah, like I, I don't know what she wanted us to do, but I, I, I don't want to do it. I guess like, she wanted me to lance you or something. I don't know. <laughs> she was gonna, oh, all right, put this apple on your head, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now my friend over here is going to put you. Wait, That's what? one. Of, it's one of my favorite things about Vegas, though, is that like you know the, the kitschiness is there. It's inherent. Like you've got some really beautiful luxurious places like the aria and the cosmo and stuff yeah. but then you also have as yeah. we walked through it last night new york new york where it's like hey look real new york pizza and i'm on greenwich this, this looks just like the village yep like 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 on wikipedia it's exactly the same oh look over here it's a Times square hot dog yeah and, and again not not to throw shade again but it does look like the village in like fucking gangs of new york times like i've never seen streets like that right like the new york new like york the dead rabbits are gonna come out and steal your pizza at some point new york new york looks like somebody who designed that has never been to new york and saw gangs of new york once on like a bootleg version of it <laughs> and didn't really get a complete idea of what it was <laughs> But um, but yeah, we're, we're in the Excalibur. But we talked to people here um, who are hockey fans that are now also Golden Knights fans. One of them, in fact, is on this very podcast today. Negrano's a, a Leafs fan, and, and he, he's also a Knights fan. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of, of that. They're, they're a very, I think they're hockey smart. I do think that when the Kings come to town, it's going to be like when I was a kid in the 80s. And the Rangers came to the Meadowlands, yeah. and it was ninety percent Ranger fans. Like I feel like the Kings are going to take over that building when they come to town. Yeah, but like you know what? <clears throat> Even at like the Garden, when they play Montreal, it's not eighty percent Montreal or anything. But like you, you know, there's Montreal fans there. Like they show up and they they, they probably take up like fifteen twenty percent of the building. Like it's not like an but, un- unusual but, thing to have. The that thing happen. is, but the thing is, I've always argued that that's a good thing. Like that's a good thing uh, for hockey. To have enemy fans in your building. Like, I fucking hated when Leones has pulled that shit of, like, trying to block Penguins fans from buying tickets to playoff games. Like, don't oh, you want... Tampa did that, too. Yeah, like, I never oh, understood that, that concept. Like, the, the, the idea of defending your territory. Like, you look at college sports, and, like, half of the arena is one student section, and half of the arena is the other student section. That's fucking great. That's why people love college sports, because of the collegiate atmosphere well, of those fans. It's not 50-50. Like, if you go to, like, a game at, like, the Horseshoe, it's, like, 95% Ohio State but, fans, and that one column yeah, is, like, Yeah, but they're Michigan. all... But they're there, though. Yeah. There's oh, representation, yeah. right? That, that, I, I think that's a good example of what it's like when like Montreal comes to New York or something like that. But like, yeah, when LA comes here, though, it's it's yeah. probably going to be it should it should and bad. it should be that because then you, if you're a Golden Knights fan, you're going to want more of your friends and buddies to be like, get those Kings tickets lickety split so we can take we can take this building back. Or or if you're there and you're looking around and every time the Kings score, well, okay, when the Kings score that one goal, <laughs> everybody goes batshit because they're all Kings fans. You're like. You're like it makes it, it increases your passion. Your passion hearts are now. 
because all you want is for your team to win, to, to give them the fucking middle finger. Is that, is that a Zelda reference? Is that what you're It's a, any video game yeah, reference. Really? Passion Hearts? Passion Hearts actually sounds like a good drink to get downstairs later. I think I'm going to order myself a Passion Hearts. It sounds like a quirky romantic indie comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in that? I'm, I'm going to say it's got it's got to have Drew Barrymore. Actually, I just got her. I got her. I got her on my brain from the Daniel Negreanu interview. Passion Hearts. Oh, because, because, of, because of he Lucky was in, you. He was in Lucky You. Yeah. Um, who's in Passion Hearts? Let's say Passion Hearts. It, it's, oh, a, it's, um, it's a it's a it's it's an ironic comedy with Greta Gerwig. It's an indie comedy. See, I was thinking Anne Hathaway, like Anne Hathaway and Thomas Hayden Church. No, it's Anne Hathaway in Passion Hearts, and it, she's a, a heart surgeon, <laughs> and uh, and then she falls in love with one of her patients. Oh. but he has a, a it's a real big surgery, and he could die. He, then he does die, and then she she gives him her heart, uh-huh. and then she dies. Mm-hmm. But then they in, inhabit the same body. So, so she's alive inside of him, right? And he's alive, like, as like well. all, like all of me. The Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin movie. Okay, <laughs> but, how, but how do the sex scenes work? Is it just like Thomas Hayden Church rubbing oh, it's, one it's out? It's just masturbation. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, 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 that would be an indie romantic comedy. That really would be like Thomas Hayden Church just like looking in the mirror, like this is for you. <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you so much. And like it would win an Oscar too. Like like the critics would be like, "This is this is so this is so courageous." There's a really there's a really fucked up sex scene in Blade Runner. I don't want to spoil. By the way, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I really enjoyed it. It's gorgeous to look at. It's super overlong. I think it asks a lot of interesting questions. It has no um, mm. no desire to answer. I'm bored already. But I found it to be cool, and I found the journey of of, of uh, Gosling's character uh, in his quest to feel something real. Which is basically it if you've seen it oh, to God. be great. Boy, this sounds awful. But it's it's also super long. So it's a movie where that asks questions and what makes me watch Ryan Gosling. Well, to see if he can feel. It's also a movie that clearly knows that it's a it's a hundred and fifty million dollar art house film. Uh, and so when you see those commercials, it's like Blade Runner twenty forty nine is the most amazing ride of of the season. And it's like they show the the same three like action scenes and like Ryan Gosling going woo at some point or something and then they try to cut it to make it look like there's action and it's not so I mean it's a really? very thoughtful film oh god yeah. a, a thoughtful there's one introspective there's like, there's like two or three action set pieces but movie. they're not even set pieces there's like one action scene but it's really great I highly recommend it does um does nope. anything blow up yeah totally oh okay that's something then mm-hmm. you know what blows up your mind uh, as you watch it my friend god God, you come to Vegas one time and get into the hash, and look at you. All of a sudden, you're just oh, if only. Actually, yeah, we haven't done that. And actually, how how is that going to be for the, the? That's the thing. That's the other aspect of the Golden Knights experience we haven't talked about. Legalized weed here in Vegas. Should I do that for the game on Can Friday? Can you smoke a spliffy outside in the in the smoking area if, if weed is legal? I don't know. I'm thinking there's no security out there. I, I, I went out there and checked it out. It was just people smoking. Like there was no like staff people. So like I'm pretty sure if you go out there and spark up a dube. You're probably in. I mean, it's legal, right? No, I, I, I'm so confused about how marijuana works. Like, it's legal well, to buy it. You have to take a really deep breath and hold it. In your, I, oh, sorry, no. I was just watching. No, the, that's that, that that's Blade Runner. You have, was, you have to in, <laughs> breathe it in deep. I was watching the uh, the uh, HOV lane episode of Curb the other day with with Ruby. Oh, where he brings, where he, the, he brings the hooker to the dodge, and, and, and then the hooker brings the weed to his dad. 
Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, I, I, I know what that is. I know what that is. That's that's marijuana. <laughs> Wait, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he get her like a, a, a? He gets his dad like a like a, a, a hand job massage too. Is that the same episode? That was, no, that was in. Um, oh yeah, where he falls in love with the masseuse. Yeah, yeah, because he Which thinks one like was that that was that was definitely was that a, curb. a Seinfeld one or was that? Um, no, it was a Curb. It was Curb, but I forget what episode it was. Ah, oh, fuck! It was a classic too. Yeah, nah, it'll come to us. Yeah. It's funny. Old man getting a hand job. It's oh, hilarious. Isn't it great? Um, That's all right. Daniel Negrano is uh, uh, going to come up in a second, but first, uh, you know what else is coming up? Oh, no. What? <laughs> winter. Oh, right. And you're going to need yourself a pair of good boots for that winter, my friend. So the high-quality boots that you want, sold at an honest price, can only be found at the Thursday Boot Company, another sponsor of this very fine podcast. It's a brand that you're going to want to know about. The Thursday Boot Company is a new bootstrapped e-commerce brand that started in uh, 2014. Make beautiful handcrafted products in the same North American manufacturing facilities as the old brands your parents and grandparents wore that sell for two to three uh, times the price. They've been featured in Esquire, GQ, and a lot of other magazines Lozo doesn't read. To get Wait, a, are, are those two separate statements? Like, they were featured in those magazines, period, Lozo doesn't read? Like, I'm illiterate? Is that no, what I said, say? and a lot of magazines that Lozo doesn't, Lozo uh, doesn't read. Give me, give me four magazines you read on the reg. On the reg? On the reg. On the reg. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It's like, what the hell does that mean? Um, yeah, I don't read any magazines. Exactly. Okay, there you go. Uh, this year, get a pair of boots that will last season after... TV Guide. <laughs> season after season, uh, get a pair of boots that are handcrafted with the highest quality materials and sold at honest prices. Get a pair of Thursday boots. Head over to thursdayboots.com. Use the promo code FREESHIP2 DAY. That's the number two F R E E S H I P 2 and then DAY. Check out the wide selection of different kind of boots they got for you. Money, power, and a great pair of boots are now only two days away. There you go. Daniel Negrano is our new friend. We, we, we met him and loved him and are super happy to bring him to you, especially uh, in the wake of, of, uh, of what happened here in Vegas, the tragedy in Vegas, and also the Golden Knights first game. Really good wine-raging discussion with mm-hmm. Daniel about all that stuff uh, and, and also poker and also Phil Kessel, which was probably my favorite part of the interview. And James Woods. Oh, and yeah, and shitting on James Woods. Got a good James Woods start. <clears throat> Negrano's won six World Series of poker titles and, uh, I'm sorry, bracelets. Can you tell me why bracelets? You're a poker guy. I don't know why. I think they just that's how they started giving them out back in the day. And now to be, to be different, just to be like, well, here's what it is. Um, uh, they, they saw an episode of Friends where Joey buys Chandler a friendship bracelet, and they said, you know what? I think the best friendship in the world is poker. Right. So let's let's give people bracelets mm-hmm. for winning to show how much we love them. Um, he's sure. a member of the of the Poker Hall of Fame. Do, can you tell me where the Poker Hall of Fame is, sir? Do you have any idea? Is it in Binions? Is it? Uh, I want to say it might be in Binions. The Poker Hall of Fame. Does it actually exist? Is it? Is it, sir, is it actual a building? It's actually his house. We were just in. It's it's in his basement. It's it's uh, in Binion. It is. In, it's it's in Binion's horseshoe. There you go. Holy shit! How did you know that? Because well, I think that's where they used to have the World Series of Poker before it blew up, and then, like forty thousand people are in it every year. So they moved it to the uh, wherever they have it now. That's fucking fascinating. All right, here's Daniel Grano. Enjoy, uh, Daniel. You uh, attended the first uh, Vegas Golden Knights regular season home game. What were your thoughts on 
them changing the words to Sweet Caroline to Sweet Golden Nights. That's what you're opening with? I was like, I thought he was going to go with this really dramatic kind of moment. And it's like, well, um, I think for the most part, people thought it was really on the cheesy side. We, we've literally not talked about anything else but that since last night. Yeah. Well, there was other stuff that happened outside. outside, outside there was a couple of goals. There was the wave, and then there was the Sweet Caroline, Sweet Golden Nights thing. Like, we've been trying to figure out what other songs they're going to use during the course of the season where they're going to cram Golden Nights. Well, if you think they're going to go cheesy, right? You would assume Viva Las Vegas mm-hmm. is at the top of yeah. the list of cheesy. They didn't go that way, but they found something cheesier. Right? See, now, they, the thing I was impressed by was they made that their sort of New York, New York at the end of, like, a Yankees game. They win the game. They played Viva Las Vegas at the end of the game. I thought that was dope. I thought that was really cool. That's a good way to use it. Yeah, if you're not going to make it the goal song. Yeah, I think there's a lot that changed for the first. Like, really, like, the new sort of home opener is going to be on Friday. A lot of the stuff they had planned, they changed because of obvious, for obvious reasons. Yeah, right. You know, and uh, sort of the tone was more geared towards the community and, you know, the first responders. Like, I think they hit a home run, really, with how oh, they God, yeah. started the game. It was just like, for me, it was just awe-inspiring to hear, you know, first responder, you know, medical guy this, accompanied by James Neal. Yeah. You know, that really sort of from a community perspective sets a tone of like how important they were and how you know this team is going to like bring the community together the whole thing was very reminiscent of the of the Boston Marathon bombing I felt like the you know the Boston Strong Vegas Strong thing it was a very sort of moment of of as a community we're bigger than this and uh, and yeah having all the first responders come out was very much like that having fucking Derek Englund get up there on the mic having a player on the mic who has a connection to the city the way he does I thought was brilliant no he crushed it too like I know he practiced that speech and he uh, he's the perfect guy to do it right yeah a guy who's you know between the minor leagues and the pros he's a Vegas guy you know he said he would have lived here regardless of whether or not he you know ended up on the team so like the perfect guy that really sent the message and he did it in a very like authentic way and it just really it was just perfect yeah he was great it's a hockey guy doing that just feels like it's the, the perfect person to do it because that's just like what they do like they don't want the attention on themselves they want it to be on people like first responders and stuff like that so I, it was the ceremony itself was was one of the most well done things I've seen it wasn't like it was it was sad and maudlin but at the same time it was sort of the video they did was fucking great like having all the p- pictures of people and the, 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 the firefighters and just normal people walking around it's so damn good there were people in tears like in, oh, in yeah. the stands yeah. Well, yeah. do you think people don't get that about Vegas that it's a community like absolutely I think yeah. one of the coolest things about having the nights here is like when I first came to Vegas the very first week I walked the strip and I go this is awesome like <laughs> but where do people live right? <laughs> like, I didn't know that there was actually homes and communities and stuff but we're a city just like any other except we have really cool casinos and stuff like that and great restaurants <laughs> yeah. um, but I definitely think it put Vegas on the map as like a community and brings us together because like really you know from a, as far as a sports town concerned like Vegas is a sports town but people from Vegas are fans of like Chicago or right. fans of New Jersey or, or like the Giants or whatever they don't have their own rooting interest and now they do and that really kind of unites us all as like you know yeah. Real, real it was a, it was a real sort of connection to the city that maybe I, I think at, maybe at first glance people didn't really get but then you see a player walking down the ice with like a yeah. like a SWAT guy yeah. who was there on site and just like oh shit. I mean, a lot of people sort of mock the idea of hockey in Vegas when it first was an idea, right? They're like, what are you kidding me? It's never gonna work. Look at Phoenix and all this, and you know, the people in Quebec were really pissed because they're like, we're Canadian, we deserve a team. <laughs> ah, forget Vegas. You know, they were like angry that we got a team. It's like, well, maybe you'll get one sometime. But um, I think this sort of like dispels a lot of the. You're, the, you're like a traitor to Canada now. Well, nah, I don't know. I think it sort of dispels this idea that like you know. 
Vegas can't support hockey. I think the first, I mean, obviously it's only the first game. We'll have to see what happens in year two and three. But, I mean, I feel like we're going to do really well. You were a true believer since the process started, though. Like, how, how we were trying to, we were talking before, trying to figure out, like, how involved were you? Like, did you ever, did Foley ever say, go go talk to Bet, go have a game with Bettman, and if you win the hand, we get a team? Like, well, I didn't play like, poker with, I mean, I had extensive conversations with Bettman many years yeah. ago, but it really it came down to as simple as uh, I did an interview with ESPN. Bill Foley saw it, so he reached out to me and asked if I'd be part of like a core group of guys here that would look to sort of sell tickets to a team that doesn't exist and mm-hmm. ask people to put 10% down. So, you know, a lot of people look at Winnipeg, and they're like, you know, Winnipeg right. got a franchise, seven minutes, sold out, yeah. right? Oh, and Vegas just took a few, us a few months, but look at the difference. We, we're, we're not guaranteed a team. On top of that, you're putting 10% down. We're not telling you when you're getting it back. It's also non-refundable. Um, you know, for a sport you probably don't know much about, and we still sold like 12,000, 13,000 tickets over a couple months. So, Couple that with an ownership group who has plenty of money and an amazing arena, it's like a no-brainer. The arena is great. The arena, the arena is very reminiscent of the one in Jersey. It's like new. It's the concourse is great. The sight lines sight are, lines are great. great. Sight yeah. lines are amazing. So, yeah, if you're gonna, if you're the thing too is like if you want to come here and watch hockey, it's not like Barclays Center where it's just. There's pillars in front of you. The, 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 the scoreboard's off center. It's it's a legitimate it's built for building, hockey. Man. There's really no bad seats in the house. I mean, I would honestly say some of the like the only worst seats you can find are like really down low. Like I got ten rows up center ice, the best seats in the house. Nice. But I have also twelve more seats that I got to donate to kids up in section two hundred four, and those seats are awesome too. Yeah. Ten rows up center ice. Yeah, I would say I'm a center ice guy too. But okay. I like I like I like 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 first three rows upper level maybe. Maybe my seats, but I'm also. I think for people that don't know hockey, like if you're going to go to your first game, yeah, put them on the glass, yeah, because they don't know what's going on anyway. To right? feel the speed, right? Yeah. But when you're a hockey nut, into the sounds and all that, when you're a hockey nut, you actually want to see what's happening behind the play and in the game. And I feel like it's like I'm watching it on my TV at home, right there. So are, are the are the Leafs your team still? Or are they? The Leafs are awesome right now, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's crazy. It's been a long time. So the good news is, like everyone says, like who are you going to root for, right? Well, you got Vegas on one side, Leafs on the other. You don't really have to pick one, and they're rarely going to ever meet in the finals. Does work out on the thirty first? They're playing here. Toronto's coming to Vegas, so people are like, what am I? Vegas don't don't won't need the points. I don't think as much as Toronto will. Will you wear your Toronto jersey to the game? I think I'm going to do a combo, like wear a Toronto hat, like and right down the middle. Jersey. Ah, there it is. See, there it is. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, the Leafs. Uh, it, it, how close do you think they are right now? It's so early to tell, right? Because they've scored a lot of goals, uh-huh. and we all knew that they were going to be able to do that. Uh-huh. The, the question still remains about the back end, right? Mm-hmm. Defense. You got a couple of rookies that you've, you've plugged in. It's not exactly the most color, you know, the color, the most, you know, prestigious group of six that they're going to ice there. And it, Freddie Anderson's going to have to hold up really, really well. So they also last year, you look at the team; they didn't have any injuries. I mean, yeah, Joffrey Lupo, yeah. but he's been injured for the last yeah, 15 years. Yeah. Like, but they really had no injuries, right? Or, and they, or is he injured? And they had, like, career years from, you know, everyone from Kadri to Grant Van Riemsdyk to six rookies. who was like a, you know, fantasy land. And now everyone thinks, like, playing the parade. And I, I think that they are a favorite to grab one of the top three spots in the division by a lot. I mean, like, I think they could contend for the title, whether they'll beat, like, Make, make noise in the playoffs I don't know I don't think that the team like scoring eight goals a game isn't the method for like winning Stanley Cup right you have to win the 2-1 <clears throat> games did you how did you feel about this approach like were you a believer in the the Shanna plan of tearing it down and, and let's just let's just gut it and start hard bottom base like we've never done this before we're gonna do it now are you a believer so in that? Do, uh, like more than you can possibly imagine <laughs> like I the day that the Leafs traded Tuka Rask 
I was like, I'm done with you guys. Like, really? You traded Tuka Rask to Justin Pogue, and then you traded him, and he's 35 and hasn't played a game in the NHL? <laughs> it was really frustrating what they would do. The Leafs would typically, you know, have a team that's mediocre and then get some aging star like Lindros when he's 35 and, like, just get, just milk whatever's left out of him and give up all of our assets. One of my good friends is Phil Kessel. We traded two first-round picks in a second. And every day, every time I see him, I tell him I think that was a horrible trade. Right? We gave up way too much. Not because he's not worth it, but because the team didn't need that yet. Yeah. So blowing the whole thing up, starting from scratch, in the NHL today is really like, I think, the foolproof plan way. You just have to have the fans on board with it yeah. and teach them, like, guys, it's going to be a while. We're going to suck for a couple of years, but we have a plan. You need, But you need the guy, though. Like, like, like Edmonton had that plan, and it was working at a certain rate, and it wasn't really producing the results, and then they got the guy. It doesn't always work, but if you look at all the cup teams and all the teams that you know uh, have done well in the last 10, 12 years, they all right. built their teams the same way. Pittsburgh sure. had three first picks in a row. Chicago had their four. You know, L.A. had the LA same thing. They Dallas, went through the judges. Are. They sucked for a little while. You build a group of four to five guys. Edmonton just ha- didn't happen to have the right guys. Right. You know, Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, Nail Yakupov. I mean, it just didn't work yeah, out. Like if you're, if you're going to get the first pick, you want to get a McDavid, you want to get a Matthews, you don't want to get like a Nico Heischer type. Well, I mean, shut yeah. the fuck. How often you know, are you he's get a in? very good player. They call him the new Datsuk. Some 145 pound Swiss guy. That's not going to I mean, I think people are like totally underestimating the, the skill level in this draft because they compare it to last year and the year yeah, before. Right. Yeah, not every year you're going to have Connor McDavid, and you're never going to have one. Yeah. Like, you know, Yager thinks he's going to score 100 goals. That gets four breakaways a game. It's unstoppable. <laughs> Let's pause on, on Phil Castle for a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell us about him as a poker player. Phil Kessel tries really, really hard. <laughs> good place to start, right? You know, he really wants to be good. Like, we, he could be in the middle of a playoff run, and he's like, I'm like, awesome job last night, you know, and you guys did great. You know, you're going on to the final. He's like, yeah, bro, but I had this hand, right, where I had pocket nines. What do you do here, right? Comes Jack 7-3, and the guy bets it all. You call it off. I don't know, eh? These guys are fish. So he really loves the game. He's a very, very competitive guy. He, um, much like his hockey game, I think in some sense, like, he needs to put in the hard work to get really good. Yeah. Right? Like, when he plays hockey, I mean, I think this is, if you look at the last two playoffs, when Phil Kessel shows up, in the regular season, you know, he gets accused of being kind of like, not not that engaged, you know, he's not defensively responsible as 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 he could be, he's not... Completing check, you know checks, he's not supposed to. Right. But in the playoffs, he back checks, he hustles hard, he puts up points, he brings it. You know, he brings his A game when when he needs to. Who's who's the best poker player <clears throat> in the NHL that you know of? Well, Phil will say him <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Travis Green, who actually is in, a, in the NHL now, he was a coach. Yeah, yeah. played a lot. Uh, I know that. Uh, well, it's some older guys. Let me see. I think. Well, yeah, I would probably think that it must be Travis Green. Are they are they all fish? You, you, you just say like, hey, come on, come on over and play, and you just like say you walk you walk out with like two point five million dollars. <laughs> no, they don't. You know, none of these guys are smart. They don't. They're not going to play for big money. Then there are literally none of the hockey guys that I know of that play high stakes. Yeah, you know, Phil probably is up on the higher end of that. The only guy that ever got in trouble for gambling, I think, as far as like the the money he owed, was Yager. Everybody else is just like shitty real yeah. estate. Well, Yager's doing different kind of gambling. Yager's playing in New Jersey, flying to Atlantic City, yeah. you know, playing till seven a.m. <laughs> catching yeah. the team bus. I mean, he's my hero. He's Thomas Vanek. He's everybody's Thomas hero. He's sports, Thomas Vanek got in trouble for sports betting, but that's poker. Yeah. Well, Rick Tockett was also, oh yeah, you know, mentioned right. amongst that like sort of ring of sports betting ring or something. Yeah. But he's oh. been cleared of that. I didn't think of that. What do you What do you think of sports and gambling? As a, as a guy who lives in Vegas, do you think that there is? 
inherent danger of, of this is okay. It's such a passion because, like, for years people were like, oh, you can't have sports in Vegas, right? You can bet in Canada on pro line. You can bet over unders. You can yeah. bet parlays. You can bet games all over the place. Gambling is happening everywhere. The idea that like, oh, in Las Vegas there'd be any more like corruption. It's not. This isn't the mob run town that it was in the seventies, right? Right. And and on top of that, all eyes are on Vegas. If there was anything happening, you know, games are filmed, right? Like, you can actually see them. Like, yeah. even in the NBA when they had that controversy, the guy got caught. Yeah, like, you'll yeah. get caught. I mean, it's such so much more difficult, too, to influence a hockey game. Like, if you're one player. Which player? The left defenseman? Like, yeah. I mean, Otto, on which Otto, 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 Yeah, the goalie's the only guy that can affect the game, right? The goalie. Oh, I missed another goal. And the truth is, now guys make so much money. That the incentive to right. to do that, to dump a game, to make a little extra pocket money. I mean, I think in the NCAA level or something like that, that's that might be a lot more prevalent, right. but not in the NHL. Do you think that how, one of the things that's held hockey back in the States is how hard it is to bet on it? Uh, I think, you know, that that actually a really good point. I never really thought of that, but yeah. there's probably some truth to it. Because, like, obviously with football and basketball, it's very simple. It's a point line, you know, yeah. boom. But hockey, sometimes the lines can be confusing. People are like, minus one and a half, plus 120, da-da-da, you yeah. know. Um, and it's also not a game where there's a ton of goals, so there's a yeah. little less action. On That's been action. one of the arguments about trying to find ways to increase goal scoring is that if you have sports that have more scoring are easier to bet on. The more you can bet on a sport, the more you're, you're, the more it's, it's another entry point for people who might not give a shit about hockey to watch hockey. So since the NFL is so anti-gambling, I assume they're creating rules now to uh, yes. you know curb scoring. Right? Also, 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 daily fantasy. Oh, me daily fantasy is not gambling. That's that's a skill game. Based right, on what but I, poker's not. Poker's not. Right. Poker's it's just, such a weird country. That, that drive that must, that must have driven you insane when that DraftKings stuff was happening. As far as it, the classification of the games, it is really ridiculous. Like yeah. when you know poker doesn't get a carve out as a skill game but something like DraftKings could like poker is like I, anybody who doesn't think poker is a skill game I welcome them to come over anytime they'd like and we can have just a fun lucky game of poker and just see how you do you know and, you, you mentioned before like Phil working on his game as a poker player I, 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 I am a poker novice as far as like playing competitively but how, how does one work on their poker game today it's so much more advanced than it was when I started Yeah. when I started the best way to learn was like there was books a little bit here and there but it was really just practice now, there's a thing called Twitch TV. You can watch pros play, yeah. explain what they're doing. There's also a lot of new software programs. You can play online, like not here in America, but you can play on PokerStars all over mm. the world and just practice like multi-tabling. You can look over the data of your hands. It's become a lot more fundamentally difficult. Analytic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the highest level, like I'm actually starting a three-month program just started this week of restudying the game at, really? the, at a higher level for yourself yeah because yes. to compete with the young germans of today there's like a group of about eight or ten of them and they share information they work together they work really really hard <laughs> studying at a very very elite level it reminds me very much of like nfl football in a sense mm-hmm. where football used to be you know my team plays your team now those coaches spend the entire week right. studying every play and every the minutia of every situation and the same to be competitive at the highest level in poker, the same kind of dedication is required. And whenever they get the, the Germans get good at anything, brain steroids. I guarantee you. Brain steroids? Yeah, do the <laughs> tests. Whenever they're good at anything. Do you remember the Olympics? Yeah. Do the tests. I'm just saying. When, when did you know when you were first playing that you could, you could A, make a living doing this and B, know that you, were, you, you could be as good as you, you ended up being an R? Right. So as a teenager, you know, I'm cocky. I'm like 19 years old and I'm making money in Toronto, big fish in a little pond or whatever. Yeah. So I thought I was like the best and all that stuff. And then, you know, you come to Vegas when you're 21, got my ass handed to me. Right. I'm like, I remember the first moment when I realized I was a sucker. It was like the first day I was there, a seven handed game, a bunch of locals, four o'clock in the morning. I just lost the last of my money. 
right? I go to the bathroom, wash my face, walk back out. They're all gone. And I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, oh, my God. They were only playing because of me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm good. So really, I remembered every one of those faces, right? And I was like, I'm going to come back and bust them all. Ended up becoming friends with one of the guys in that game. He started to become a mentor. It was like Hawaiian Bill. It's an older guy who was doing stuff that I just had not seen before. Yeah. You know, and they've seen hometown heroes come and go, and I was just another one of them. But it really motivated me to get better. Where did you play in Toronto? Just like random, like like clubs, clubs that were underground. That, that in Toronto, they had what were called charity casinos. That every three days, like in a bowling alley or a hotel, oh. they would like have a game from you know Friday to, to Sunday, and they, you know the proceeds of some would go to charity. So we would go like around town in Toronto. That's, there was probably sixty different charities a, a day. That's extraordinarily Canadian. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to play poker? Oh, do it for charity. Yeah. Charity kids, you know. It was kind of a scam, unfortunately, because, like, a lot of these guys, like, to get registered as a charity, it's like, oh, we're going to run a charity poker thing. So what are you donating to? Oh, like, we're donating to, like, veterans, okay? So at the end of the year, they'd have, like, a spaghetti dinner for, like, six veterans, and that qualified as, like, charity. Wow. The rest of the hundreds of thousands of dollars they made, they just... <laughs> You know, now you do char- you do charity stuff now through mm-hmm. poker, yeah. So. Yeah, I do an event for St. Jude Children's Hospital every year. This is our fourth year. It's going to be November third. We're doing it, and uh, it's a great way to raise money for charity. Golf used to be right, like charity golf terms, but yeah. golf's hard. Like if you don't know how to golf, you're like, yeah, it's work. Four poker, and a half hours, it's like four. if you don't know how to play poker, just go all in. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Bet it all. You know. <laughs> um, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about was poker in the movies. Oh, does it drive you nuts when you're, like, you're watching a movie and you're just like, that's not the rule. That's not how... No, you wouldn't say that term. That's, What's the best poker representation in a movie? Is there one? So, uh, first I want to talk about what you were saying because it's so tilting. For the people in the poker community, it drives them crazy. Uh, when you see those old movies where the guy says, I'll, I'll see, see your 300, <laughs> and then he pauses for like three, four, five seconds. He goes... And I'll raise you 20. Well, first of all, you can't raise less than 300. <laughs> Second of all, you can't just go, I see it, and then go, actually, I raise. Like, that's not legal. That's um, every movie they I, I'll see your And there's ring. always the extra dramatic reveal of the hands. And, the guy, you know, the guy will show his hand. He's yeah. like, I've got two pair. A pair of kings yes. and another pair of kings, right? <laughs> Congratulations. And then the other guy goes, that's a great hand. But I've got what's known as the straight flush. <laughs> the best representation clearly is rounders. Yeah. yeah. Rounders represented, you know, they, there was a, they're they like very poker. The guy, Brian Koppelman, who made it, they're poker guys. They believe in him. They love poker. They play a lot. I know them. And, uh. They uh, they made the closest thing. I mean, I, that's like our anthem. I mean, that's our movie yeah. for poker players is rounders. It's not Lucky You. I was in Lucky You. Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> no, Lucky You. I feel like they missed the boat on that one. Yeah. Because they made it. Was it a romance? <laughs> was it a thing? Like these two people meet and all of a sudden they're in love the next day. Yeah. Like what? And like it would have been a cool movie if they just focused on like okay, this is a dudes movie. You know, aim it towards dudes who like crazy. Prop betting and gambling. Instead, yeah. I think they wanted to bro- broaden their audience yeah. and get like women to like it. So they made it like kind of a romantic thing that just I don't know didn't really work. And, uh, Puck Soup being a uh, pop culture and hockey podcast, we remiss if I didn't ask you about your role in uh, X Men Origins. <laughs> Colin Wolverine, uh, oh, you're yeah. in a scene with Gam- was it Gambit? Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That was crazy because like so they were asking my agent. He's like, you know, they they want you to do this little cameo in this thing. I'm like, okay, sure. Where is it? And they're like in Sydney, Australia. I'm like, well, it's Wolverine. It's cool as hell. I'll do it. <laughs> So I'm like, I was like, as I go, and it's supposed to be like three days. So I was there like three days. And then it's like, well, the set had to change. And they had to fix everything up. So I ended up being there for two weeks. For Holy a, shit, really? For like really? a six second. And I was t- it was actually really interesting because I was there completely alone, didn't know anyone. 
and loved it. It was actually really like awesome. It was kind of like a meditative opportunity to just chill and be right. um, be with be with yourself and your yeah. thoughts. You know, you're there. You're there to show how high stakes the game is with Gambit. <laughs> Gambit's playing cards. And there you are. Oh, I remember him not liking me, like, sort of looking at the script and trying to fix a few things. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make sense that he would come to, like, $25. He needs to have, like, something. It's a, it's a scene with a character who throws playing cards and makes them explode. And you're like, no, but you see, yeah. you really want it to be accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically, the five of spades doesn't explode. The five of diamonds explodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure you would have figured that out eventually. Yeah. Yeah, what, it, the beginning, one of my favorite uh, uh, card-playing scenes of all time is the beginning of Ocean's Eleven. When Brad Pitt's, uh, wait, wait, was it Clooney or Pitt? No, it was no Pitt, Brad right? Pitt's teaching. Like, Pat, Brad Pitt's teaching the, uh, the, the, the the young actors from Hollywood that come down here and think they know what the fuck they're doing, how to play. Have you ever had to deal with that? Have you ever met somebody that's sort of famous that thinks they know what they're doing, but they don't? And I don't expect any names. Yeah, I'll give you one. James Woods. Really? Yeah. <laughs> First oh, because we're learning yeah. total fuck that guy mode because yeah. of what he does on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like very comfortable giving you that oh, yeah. whacked out name. Like I was like, you know, I, in the movies I was always a fan of his and then Twitter is just like, oh my God. But anyway, he, um, he, uh, like he was going to play the WPT like Hollywood home game with celebrities or whatever. And you know, we were, I was there on hand to help coach them and teach them. And he basically told me within the first five minutes, he's like, I don't need any coaching. I'm a member of Mensa. I'm great. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, he mentioned that was like the first five minutes I got that. So I didn't end up coaching him. And uh, But he definitely thinks – and listen, there's a lot of guys who play. One of the ones who probably took it to the next level is Tobey Maguire. Yeah. I remember yeah. when he first started coming around, he saw me, Gus Hansen, and Doyle playing up. And he was like awestruck by it because mm-hmm. he was like really into it. And now Tobey Maguire has become – he makes more money than most professional poker players. No shit. And playing that poker. good. Well, yeah, not only that good, but you know how poker works, right? Mm-hmm. So – how good am I at golf, right? I'm this good. Well, if I play anybody good, I'm not going to win. Right. But if I play against somebody who's terrible, I'm a great golfer, right? right. Like, oh, okay. I'm a great golfer. He, he, know, he knows his, uh, he's he knows his marks. He's playing in weaker games. Yeah. Right? For sure. Well, he must be the most successful poker player in the Pussy Posse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what amazing. Remember the Pussy Posse? What, what is the Pussy Posse? The Pussy Posse was the thing that he was in with DiCaprio. And, they called it the Pussy Posse? And, oh, uh, <laughs> E from Entourage. That was their group. They called it the Pussy Posse. Who called it? They did, or that? I, I, I think I, they, I, well, I, I can't speak to whether or not they, or? the moniker was placed on them and they had, and they and they embraced it, or if I can't imagine. I a can't bunch imagine of guys, he would ever embrace it. He's a yeah. very private guy. I, I can't like, imagine it was, but that must have been the the, the entertainment uh, journalism shorthand for that group. It's amazing. We go from the Rat Pack <laughs> to the Pussy Posse, posse. <laughs> in like one generation. There you go. Uh, uh, there's, there's some old guy with gold chains and a hairy chest being like, in my day, we were they were the Rat Pack. Yeah, um, but which it, would have been a good name for the hockey team. Just saying. Now let's talk about that for a second because you know when the whole thing was going down, the, the NHL made it clear, and, and I, I don't know if fully agreed or not that you couldn't do a gambling thing with the name, which was horseshit because we just walked across the Monte Carlo last night and placed a bet on the goddamn game. But like, um, what did you think about? Like, what, what do you think about Golden Knights? And what did you think about the idea that you couldn't? honor the, the city with a name like that. Yeah, I don't think that that's a thing, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think there was a lot of really good names available. I think what ultimately happened was you got Bill Foley, who's a West Point guy. Yeah, right. You know, he wanted to, he, he clearly wanted to name it Black Knights. There was copyright yeah. issues about Black Knights. He couldn't. So then it's like, okay, well, how about we just call it the Knights? We have now the London Knights. You got more copyright issues. So like, okay, what flavor can we add to this Knights <laughs> where essentially nobody will ever use it, much like the Mighty Ducks, right? right like right, right. they used to be the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And yeah. it's like, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Now they're the Ducks. I think the same thing will hold true with the Knights. Like nobody calls them the Golden Knights. Right. Hardly ever. Um, and, but it's so awkward taking off the loss. 
Because you're trying to shorten it, so instead of like the Las Vegas Golden Knights, just call it the Vegas Golden Knights. Right. I don't know. Vegas Knights probably would have been better. We heard two chants at the first game. One was Go Knights Go, and the other one was Let's Go Vegas. Which did you prefer? As yeah. a Canadian, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the, the guess in my head which one you prefer. I thought Go Knights Go yeah. 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 rolls off the tongue. Yeah. You know the Let's Go Vegas thing I thought was pretty cool, but Go Knights Go was fine. I, I, I loved going to that game because it was definitely like from a game op standpoint. We made fun of the Sweet Caroline thing, but like they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out the identity. I loved the light up Tron guys that were yeah. playing the drums. I wanted there to be more drums. I wanted that sound to be bigger. The goofy little castle that they have over there where the DJ's playing was really cool. I, I, well, they got way more coming. See, that's yeah. the thing. There was a whole things that were going to be a whole bunch of stuff that would have been rolled out opening night that will be essentially the real opening night Friday. They've got like three mascots. There's like oh, a knight with his wife. And then they weren't there. There's like three different like Mr. and Mrs. Knight. Yeah, like they're going to be a knight and dressed up. And there's like another one. There's there's like there's going to be a whole bunch of pop and circumstance around it. In the preseason, we saw actually a little bit more of it. Mm-hmm. But I think obviously they you know subdued a lot of it because of uh, yeah. you know what what happened. One of my favorite things I saw last night was so they have the ice. They have an ice crew. It's a co-ed ice crew. The girls are in uh, like sort of I would say Amazonian gear, like it's a leather skirt and like I'm a in leather bustier. <laughs> she is just fun to watch. But then they put the like the, 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 there's a constant debate in hockey about the the, the inherent like sexism and, and, and using ice girls or whatever. And I was thinking about that last night because they put the women in these in these outfits and the dudes <laughs> are wearing what I would say is like a frock. It's yeah. uh, the, the, the comparison I made was like Peter Pan when, when you go to the, when you go to the dentist and they put that smock on you so you don't get like radiation. Poisoning with her. That's what they were basically wearing last night on the ice. It's funny you say that because I didn't even notice that there were any guys. <laughs> and the best, the best, I went to the game with a buddy of mine, and he, like, I was, we we're talking about the one blonde girl who's second to the right, and he's like, wait a minute. She's like, she cuts my hair. <laughs> she cuts his hair at the Red Rock, and I'm like, I want her to cut my hair. You're like, you're, you're like get home that night. I'm gonna get a haircut tomorrow. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a little itchy around the neck. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever used? Have you ever skated before? Why well, I, I use scissors? Ah, oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but the game ops thing was a lot of fun. Well, let me. What did you think of the jerseys? We didn't get around to the jerseys yet. I think our logo is really cool. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I mean, I think like league wide, we're gonna see that from a marketing perspective, there's gonna be a lot more sales. It's not just because of the new team. It's a cool logo. Negative space is always great. Like the v, the V in the mm-hmm. in the mask is, is always yeah. a great thing. No, I think it works. I mean, I think it's really cool. Obviously, like so the name. You know, a lot of people have questions about that, but the color scheme of the logo and everything like that, it really works. I mean, I think a lot of people really like it. Yeah, it's a good looking jersey. It plays well on the ice. You own a jersey? You have, you have a name on the back yet? Bunch. I got. There's one right there. What's your What's the big What's the best jersey in your collection? I have like 60 jerseys. I know. I, I can yeah. imagine that's the case. I don't know. I'm, Do you have a, a favorite? Favorite? Oh my god! Well, I had a like, you a name on the back guy. I had or a just Shikudi. Me. I had like when when you know, when Cindy Karate plays for Shikudi. Wow. I got one sent to me for like someone else. He sent an autographed one, something like that. Wow! So that's a cool one to have. That's awesome. You met you, you know Sid a little bit? Or? No, I know Phil. I don't. I don't know yeah. Sid. You got you got you got any friends in the league besides uh, Phil? Tyler Bozak. And you know, like Bozak, yeah. in, in this January, we have an event in the Bahamas, and this year, you know, they had that thing where like you get a week off, where they get five days. So a lot of the Leafs, like Kadri and uh, you know, um, and uh, what do you call it, Jake Gardner, who uh-huh. I drafted when he was eighteen instead of Eric Carlson. Oops, <laughs> <laughs> I told him that too. He's like, "Yeah, you messed that up." <laughs> it's like, well, so, yeah, those guys. How do you how do you feel when you when you get it? like Bozak's an interesting guy because I feel like he's been maligned. 
uh, fairly or unfairly through his career in Toronto. Like when you know a guy a little bit, and you see the kind of criticism. Are, are you, can you separate personal from player? Can you separate fan? Totally. From yeah. yeah, I think like when you look at a guy like Tyler Bozak, I think what sticks out to me is he's got a really high hockey IQ and a high IQ period. He's yeah. like a really really smart guy, and I think he more than makes up for maybe what he lacks in terms of like high end skill, like an Austin Matthews or something. Just you know, a smart, good player. Like he came out of college, wasn't highly touted, was was undrafted, right? So if you think about the projection of his career and what he was expected to do versus what he's actually accomplished, he's far exceeded expectations. It's when guys get big contracts, and it's not their fault. People always get on and like, oh, Tyler Bozak makes five pointers. It's just well, he was in an uncomfortable situation yeah. being a first line center for the Leafs on a right. team that just he wasn't supposed to be the first line center. Yeah. They didn't really have one, so a lot more expectations are put on him. But like, he is who he is, you know, and he's far exceeded his expectations. I've always called it the uh, Chris Drury syndrome, where a perfectly serviceable player gets a fuck ton of money. And then everybody gets critical of him. Not because he's changed his game at all, just because yeah. now he's expected to right. be something different. It's right. never been fair. Like, you know, Derek Stepan played last night. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a first-line center. There. He's really not. Yeah. Really not. Like, he would be such a great second-line center. Perfect second-line center, He's yeah. not going to be your guy. And I know because I drafted him when he was 18 also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He was a first-line center in, in, with the Rangers because that had a necessity almost. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. He's like a one-and-a-half. Like one yeah, you know, for sure. Not a two, not a one. Oh, a one and a half. Point, like a really six. good two. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you, do you, when it comes to the Leafs, do you think it's a curse or do you think it's just bad luck? I think it was bad management. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clearly bad management. Like a all curse. the way back to the Harold, Harold Ballard years. Like I said, what their, their system of kind of like rushing it. You know, you have a team that's like probably one of the worst things that happened to the Leafs was when, you know, it, it would have been the worst thing ever if they actually would have beat Boston. That year when they were up 4-1. Yeah, because the team was not that good. Right. Right? And, you know, that would sort of, like, create the same sort of problem, which ended up happening anyway, blowing up the team. The, they've always been – they're actually sorry, the perfect franchise to be, like, give – to have the ability to, like, lose for three years straight and build a team, but they just never did it. Yeah. They were always trying to put a competitive, right. you know uh, – team on the ice, but you're never going to be that. I hate mediocrity. It's oh. just boring. I'd rather you... Finishing 16th every year is the I could watch them be like... the. I was like... I was kind of almost hoping that the Knights would be laughable. Like, we'd see some 7-1, 8-1, 8 one, eight, one instead eight. Of a juggernaut. Instead of like, yeah, like the absolute best team in the league, clearly. You know? It's like, this is too soon. I was expecting some trying times. Guys, you're going to win it the first year? Yeah. I mean, you, got, you got to live and die with the team. Remember when the, when the Panthers came in and they were like fucking great like two years in or first year in because of Van Beesbrook? Too soon. Yeah, you, you got to grow with the team. You got to have the growing. And then they fall off. And, and the same thing happened with San Jose for yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. I like to see like a natural progression. And obviously, if you start too high, <laughs> it makes it, it makes it very difficult. I wanted to touch on before before we uh, end up this thing that the uh, so uh, hockey uh, used to be on ESPN, and back in the day, there was always this thought that ESPN pushed hockey aside because Texas Hold'em got so fucking big on cable. And I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just using this as an entry point to get to, did it ever blow your mind that poker became so telegenic? That became so big on TV for a stretch? Yeah. No, I, th- I, I, I saw it coming before it happened. Yeah. And, like, specifically in Canada, uh, you know, to answer that question a little differently, um, when the lockout happened in hockey, they didn't have anything else to put on. Right. So, like, I was, like, I won this tournament in the Leaf jersey. And they just aired it nonstop, like <laughs> over and over. It was like all they had programming wise. So it was a huge poker boom in Canada. Of course, ESPN, you know, uh, started to get some good ratings from poker. One of the cool things about poker for them is it's cheap, right? Yeah. Right. What they saw with poker was 
unprecedented with any other televised events in that the reruns had better ratings than the originals. How is That's that not true of anything. Why? Because people would rewatch. They're watching late nights. Even you know, it was great in the 1, 2 a.m. time slot, which you know you wouldn't think is a time slot. But yeah. late night, people are just, oh, let's watch poker. That's where Poker After Dark developed. Uh, NBC, NBC, right? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, the big game on, on Fox. Like, late night, it was, it was great late night television. But they were getting... Like a really good viewership compared to anything else that you'd see at that hour. Why does it translate, you think? I think because poker, if you think about it, reality TV's been a thing, right? Where people are really interested in. It is the purest form of reality TV, where in a sense, where you're seeing real people risking real money and in real situations. There's no acting, there's no staging, it's just all raw and real. And it's a competitive game in the sense that, like, it's easy enough for people to understand and think they're good at it. Like, I've, I love this phrase that someone said, like, poker's a lot like sex. In that everyone thinks they're really good at it, but most people don't have a clue what they're doing, right? And a lot of guys go, I know poker. I'm good at poker. I'm like, well, sit down. Yeah, let's, let's, let's you can take I it. often say that too, but that's usually because I'm out after one hand. Yeah. Uh, I'm all in. Really? That's, yeah. that's all you got left? Do you, uh, should it be an Olympic sport? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Why not? Ah, I think Come it's going to It takes a skill. Oh, it's certainly a it's skill. Fucking but golf's a sport in I mean, the Olympics. You guys can be in the Olympics. If we can be in the Olympics, and so should chess and backgammon and games like that. Because I think it's like a mind sport, if you will. I don't put it on the same level. I feel like sports should require some sort of physical talent. Like even darts is like, that's a sport. You got to like be good at throwing something into yeah. a small place. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you're sitting there, you know, you have like a strong core. You yes. Know, yeah. No, I, there's no joke. Hours. Like if you look at the yeah. high roller players of today, they're not like they used to look overweight <laughs> and smoke. No, you got right. these kids that are ripped, yeah. you know, like they know nutrition. They're all on plans. They're all on yeah. juice. It's, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like a Tiger Woods golf effect, right? Like everybody looks around and like, holy shit, none of these guys are fat bastards anymore. Yeah. John <laughs> Daly's not winning anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You got anything else? Uh, you got any more James Wood stories you want to get? <laughs> our, 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 our audience would love to hear you trash James Wood. <laughs> oh, you're right. They're oh, not yeah. fans. Oh, no. no. Who is? I mean, who right. is really? Well, yeah, I used to. It was a heartbreaker, man. Like, The Hard Way is a good flick. Like, he's, yeah. he's been good in movies. Casino. Yeah, no, I really loved him in Casino. Like, I thought yeah. he was a great actor. And, you know, he I, he still is. It hasn't changed the fact that he's a great actor. But, like, getting to know him and, yeah. like, seeing that, you know, he's fallen down the trap and down the... You know, down that rabbit hole. Oh, the rabbit hole was never. There's no coming back. The Breitbart yeah. hole. They're lost. You know, I had one other friend who also fell down that rabbit hole. That's no longer a friend. Mike Matisso. He was a poker guy. Oh yeah. Mike the Mouth. You yeah, know, he was yeah. known on TV, and he's like fully entrenched in the rabbit hole. And it's just he's already coming up with conspiracy theories about what happened in Vegas and how it had to be. Had to be. Oh, of course. Had to be something else. Yeah. 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 Could have just been a white guy with guns. No. 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 no, no. no. Had to be something. We were talking about that before we hopped on the uh, for the interview. Like it's it's stunning. It's mm. scary, um, but the city, it, it, it's such a, 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 a come together moment for the city that I don't, I never really, like I said before, like I, you never think of Vegas that way. And then, and then you see it happen here and then you see the way the Vegas, strong, you can't go anywhere on the strip without seeing a Vegas strong thing. Mm. And it's a, it was an amazing thing to, to come here yeah. and, and witness. It really the makes the community. Together. And I also think, you know, league wide, like, I think it's really great when you see like, you know, the players from the other team coming and standing with them. Stand behind like them. In Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a cool, like in Dallas, the same thing, just a cool moment of solidarity. And I think it's really easy for, you know, people that are bandwagon fans right now to jump on the Vegas train. You know, if you, if you want to adopt a team, it's very easy to root for Vegas, especially right now. And they're good. They're decent. They're, they're, you know, they have, you know, Arizona's playing horrifyingly bad. I mean, Arizona's awful, but like, still. Vegas, right. Vegas, Vegas, they look, they look, they look planned. Right. It's going to be amazing when they play the Leafs in the final, and you know, no matter what happens, you'll get to be in a parade. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Thanks for your time. You got it, guys.
thanks to Daniel Negrano, uh, real cool guy, real cool interview. Uh, he was gracious enough to allow him into allow us into his abode as well. Um, sorry for the table tapping. Heard that before on the uh, on the interview. Little that, table tapping. Yeah, that, little table tapping. Sorry, it was a glass. It was a glass top table. Was that me? Was that him? I don't yeah. know. But um, really, really great dude. Great hockey fan. And uh, and we hope to uh, to uh, you know be in touch and to make him a, a, a puck soup uh, double double timer at some point. I, I got to tell you, ba- based on his life that he ha- he currently has, I don't know if the puck soup bump is going to do anything for him. Probably not. He's he's in a pretty good spot. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but there you go. Uh, th- thanks to uh, the people who said hey at Comic Con over the weekend and didn't know it was me. I was dressed like a Korok uh, 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 from Zelda. And it was great that people walked by and did the yahaha from the game. I thought that was really cute. My kid, my kid went to her first con. She had a really good time. Once it became apparent that we would buy her stuff, at first she didn't really understand it. It's really crowded and everybody's bigger than me. And then we like bought stuff, and she's like, "Oh, this is the best fucking oh. game in the world." Um, and then thanks to a couple dudes that said, "Hey, who are from Seattle?" As uh, Lozo and I were uh, drinking beers and walking back from the arena last night, uh, they they said they stopped us and said, "Hey." And well, I stopped you, and I kept walking and thinking, yeah. "I thought you were next to me for fifty feet." And I'm just yep. like talking to you about like, "Yeah, so we'll go back to the hotel room, we we'll drop off our bags, and yeah, we could probably." Greg. <laughs> And like I literally did not. I was so far away by the time I realized you were gone. I didn't know where you were. Um, and then also uh, thanks to our new friend from Finland that we met playing blackjack last night. At one point, uh, I was standing. Sweden, Finland. He's from Finland. Yes. Oh Jesus! You didn't really listen to him at all, did you? Boy, I, after you left and went to bed, and I was playing blackjack, I may have called him Swedish like eighty-five it, times. It, it was like uh, three, like two thirty in the morning, which is why I sound like this. We were playing blackjack. I got cleaned out. Uh, I, I stood up, and, and this dude from Finland was there. Cool dude wearing a, a Knights jersey. Won some kind of contest to be here, you said? So he said that he entered some contest on Facebook in Finland, and apparently there were like 35,000 entries, and him and his friend won. And the story he told me was um, <clears throat> he, they got here yesterday, which was the ga- day of the game, so Tuesday morning. He said he was drinking from 9 a.m. till start of the game. Oh, so Finland. Yeah, he's, he's Finnish. <laughs> The, the, the fact that he was still standing at like 3 in the morning when I was barely awake was insane. But he said that like while he was there, there was like a ton of local news cameras around like interviewing people. Oh, we should tell that story too that we saw in the dog. But he said that like he, his friend was like, hey, hey, this guy, interview this guy. He's from Finland. And like he didn't believe it was a real live broadcast, so he just cursed a bunch of times. <laughs> and he got on live TV. Dude, but, dude was very cool. And, and actually, I got, I got out of him. Who do you think the, the top three most popular players in fin- Finnish hockey history are um obviously you know number one Solani yeah in Finnish hockey history yeah history of hockey in Finland there's probably like an old guy I'm not gonna know uh or you'll probably name a fucking Swede apparently like uh, like, like, oh Solani Forsberg Forsberg (laughs) and Stepan right Oh, is it Matt Niskanen, famous famous Finn, Matt Niskanen? Uh, uh, no, uh, I'll give. I'll just give it to you. He said Solani, Yari Curry, and Kimo Timonen. He said was the third. Oh, Yari they said, Curry. They said when when Timonen won the cup with the Blackhawks, it was like a huge moment of pride over there, as far as like a legend finally getting his due. Oh, so they were like really happy to watch. 
Timo Tiemann and play six minutes a night and then get healthy scratched while the rest of the team carried him. How dare you, Congrats, sir. Finland. Good for anyway, you. Anyway, thanks to everybody who was sweet here at, uh, in Vegas and, and, and wherever we go. And and uh, maybe we'll come here and do a live show at some point, considering like they all love hockey now. Oh, oh and the other thing, too, was so the morning of the game, Tuesday morning, me and Wish are in the hotel room. We're, we're barely awake. We're, we're transitioning to the new time zone. And we have the news station on. And again, they're showing live reports from outside the arena. And it's like five hours before the arena. And, and it's a guy, it's like a live feed. And they cut to the recordings of his interviews. And he's talking about how, like, you know, it's the first game here since the shooting and everything. And it's like a real somber tone to, to, the, to the report. And they, they, he's like, we talked to a lot of locals here. And here's what they had to say. And the first local is just like, you know, a woman just says the thing like, yeah, we, we you know, we're hoping this is the beginning of us healing and, and, and getting past this. And I hope it's really great. And the second person, I shit you not, was an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> and I, the, the volume was down, so I don't know if he was, like, talking in the Elvis voice because it was real low, the volume. But I'm just, like, picturing, like, he's like, oh, well, yeah, we don't, we're, we're going to move on here as a city. We, 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 like, we're, we're, we're all about healing, and we want to we have a nice, nice tone out there. And I'm like, there's... There's millions of people in right. Why would you interview the Elvis impersonator for a story like this? It's literally like doing a stand-up in L.A. and like the person you interview is like, "Yeah, dude, tragedy's gnarly, man." <laughs> no, it's it's like it's like going down to like where they, where they have all the, like the impersonators. Like it's like a guy in a Batman costume and he's just like, "Yes, we gotta move past this. <laughs> what? What? This city is bigger than this tragedy." <laughs> it's so weird, but. Vegas. What are you going to do? Wait, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You can uh, play in Vegas, or you can play another kind of game of of skill, is it? What do we determine it is, DraftKings? It's a skill game? I, I, I recently won on it, so I can't be skill. You got ma- Okay. You, but, or maybe you have mad skills and don't even know it. It's possible. I haven't played. I haven't done this since I've been, been out here, but i gotta, I got I to gotta call it up. Hockey season is here, and you'll be part of the action all season long with one-day fantasy hockey at DraftKings.com, the leader in daily sports fantasy. Uh, they're celebrating the return of hockey by giving you a shot to win cash prizes right now. Uh, there's many ways to play. Public contests with big cash prizes. Private contests where you can face off with a group of your friends and make them feel terrible for not having drafted Alex Ovechkin, apparently, is what it, oh everybody should have done. Um, hurry over to DraftKings.com now and use the promo code SOUP, S-O-U-P, to play free with your first deposit for your share of $5,000 in total prizes. That's promo code SOUP to play for free with your first deposit only at DraftKings.com. Uh, the game inside the game, minimum $5 deposit required, eligibility restrictions apply, and see DraftKings.com for details. What did you win on, on Daily Fantasy recently? You know what I did? It was it was one of their pick em ones. It's like a new thing they do. It's not the salary one where you have to pick eight or nine guys for 50 k It's just <clears> you pick one dude from like six different categories. There's no salary. And it was the night the Blackhawks rolled the Penguins 10-1, to and it was like an it's like an 8,000-person tournament, and you essentially have to pick the right person from all six things. Right. And I had Brandon Saad's hat trick. I had Patrick Kane's big night. I had Patrick Sharp's goal. And then in the other games, I had I had the other guy. I, had, I basically had the four best guys from six of the categories, and I had the second best guys from two of the other categories. But the reason why I didn't win was because... Um, Not enough devils. There was one... <laughs> I, I had Tyler Toffoli, who had a goal and an assist that night, and somebody had, like, a two-goal game, and that's why I lost. So, But, yeah, but like it was, I turned three bucks into 60 bucks. You can't, you, you can't, it can't you be can't, the entertainment. And you can't teach that. <laughs> um... <laughs> A, a word on the Penguins. Listen, we're not going to belabor it. I know you guys are sick of politics and what, what have you. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, this shit happened this week. So we're going to hear about it one more time. 
Uh, if you want to skip ahead, go ahead. I don't give a shit. Here's what you need to know. In trying to please everyone, these idiots please no one and completely invalidated their point that visiting the White House is an inher- inherently political thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Sid, Sid went on the record this week and said, going to the White House isn't political. That's the way I was always raised. By the way, when dealing with uh, issues of uh, sensitive issues of, of race and racial history in the United States, which all of this anthem stuff and Trump and everything is tied into, maybe don't bring up the this is how I was raised argument. Kind of a non-starter. Um, but, but it's like what we talked about with Negrano. Like, these guys just don't think that way. Yeah. Whether, whether it's because they're dumb, whether it's because they're, you know, privileged and white, whether it's a combination of that. Like, they just don't... Like, they hear what they're saying and they think, like, oh, this is being neutral and 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 staying out of the fray when you don't realize, like, you're actually in the fray when you right. say that. And that's the thing. Like, okay, if you, are, if you are banging the drum that this is not political, this is not political, this is not political... Then you can't then go on stage with the President of the United States, having done it two previous times, in which the captain of the Penguins, Sidney Crosby, stood next to Barack Obama, fucking handed him a jersey that said Obama on the back, had him hold the cup, did a bunch of photo op bullshit with him, with live cameras rolling, okay? You can't then say it's not political and then do none of that. Mm. And treat Trump like he's got fucking like he's he's a he's the toxic Avenger with scabies like that's how far Sid it was like it was like a fucking have a fucking restraining order he was like twenty five feet away at all times from Trump when he's on stage with him it was it was it was interesting though because like it seemed like he was kind of maybe hedging that move where he was like oh I can't get by all these people look at I'm in the middle here I can't get down the stairs and then you know then Phil Kessel's like hey buddy what's going on <laughs> Kessel Kessel was in a position where he walked over he shook Trump's hand Deadspin's guy I think. Uh, headline and it was like why Phil why or something like that no Phil no, no. Phil no right yeah exactly um, look uh. they 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 tried to say it wasn't political their actions indicate that it was the most fucking political thing that they've ever taken part mm-hmm. in and, uh, and and case fucking closed like you could look at the photos man you could watch the video they acted Oh, 180 from the way they acted with Obama on stage and uh, and this is all we were trying to say is that you go to the White House you're part of the scenery your propaganda that shit was live on every news channel we watched here in the lovely Excalibur Hotel whatever the fuck and like um, it's it's always been political it will always be political and I just hope that the facade, the bullshit that was being peddled, uh, but that it's not political, like by by local radio hosts like Mark Madden on his local radio show. Um, he's a really good local radio. He's a show. very good local host. Yeah, yeah. He's a very good centralized local host. Um, like the idea that it's not political is abject horseshit, and the only reason you're doing that is to either chum the waters for the red staters in your local radio audience. Or because you're being willfully ignorant because you like the penguins too much, or you really don't like the people who don't like Trump. Let me ask you this: Since the players put up this unified front of it's not political, it's just the White House is where we're going, and then they go there and they're completely, you know, passive about the whole thing. Do you think Burkle just said you're going? You think like they were just forced to go? I think Burkle put it out in the summer that they're going. I think it was reiterated that they're going, and I don't think anybody was going to buck that. And I think once Sid says that's that's like the, the, the piece I wrote on Puck Daddy weeks ago, like. Once once the team establishes it and Sid then underscores it, you, you're going. You're not going to be the distraction. You're not going to be that guy on that team, a two-time cup winner, trying to win a third. They don't need it. Yeah, but I mean, you got your two cups. Like, let's say, like, who, who would be the candidate on that team to do it? 
you'd have to have like a, a pretty sweet contract because you can't you can't get bought you can get bought out I guess but it's guaranteed money you've won your cups who's it gonna be who would be the person that would just be like fuck you I'm just not gonna go let's hang yeah I mean that would be him and it's not gonna be Sid like, it's not and gonna it, be it Justin certainly Schultz. wouldn't be Gino fucking Gino probably slept in the White House that S- night seriously. <laughs> Gino's up at like two in the morning at his fucking Facebook farm posting fucking shit, and then, and then Hillary Hillary kill everyone in Benghazi. Sent. I saw I saw your Instagram. I've caught many a big fish myself, my my comrade. You're 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 like the two headed fish. That's what they call them, right? Oh, the God, two the yeah. two headed fish. It was so squirmy and weird. It was bad. Um, but yeah, like let's let's just drop the pretense that this was ever not political. And I hope going forward, this has all been a learning experience. The 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 anthem can be inherently political. The military appreciation can be inherently political. Going to the White House and standing next to the President of the United States and. Going to the Oval Office and taking, getting him a golf bag, and uh, and 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 then and then also never acknowledging the fact that he's on stage because you don't want it, your picture taken with him, aka your Sidney fucking Crosby, uh, is also an inherently political move. They they tried to appease the red staters that they didn't want to piss off, and they tried to appease their critics who were super pissed off. So they wanted to be a neutral participant. They want to be fucking Switzerland in the White House, and you can't be Switzerland in the White House because the White House is partisan. Well, also. Oh, just your way of saying Nico Heischer will never get to this point. I'm saying Nico Heischer next year. <laughs> I don't know. Trump's a New York guy. I fear the jersey's going to be all right with him. I don't know. The, the weird thing is, is like, I, like I understand the argument. If you're like, oh, come on, it's the president. He should just go. It doesn't matter who the president is. Just go. I mean, I don't understand that argument, but like, that's an argument I could understand you making. The argument that going to the White House isn't political. Like, like you know how like in, in debates you have to have like a a, a grounded understanding. Of the facts Of the issues, yeah Right and, and then you argue off of that Like if you're not even willing to admit That going to the White House is political You can't argue with anybody about that Right You, you just can't Or in a, in a debate If you don't have the facts You just go into your microphone And say Wrong Wrong um, The two, uh, two, two, two things on this And then we're done with it um, And then we're done with it <laughs> we're done with it. Then we're fucking done with it. <laughs> no, we'll be done with it. Um, I, 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 I forget what the first thing. I'll just get to the thing I wanted to say, which is that the, seeing the first responders on the ice before the Vegas game was one of the most inspiring things I've seen in a long time. It made me really angry that we don't do more of that in arenas. That we 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 have the active military propaganda thing going on at NFL games. We have teams that do that thing in the third period to juice the crowd. They're used as props. Like, fucking honor the people in the community that are on the front line every day in your community. A fucking firefighter. A fucking EMT. Like, I, I, I saw that last night. I'm like, wow, that's missing. Wow, that could really do that. Because then, you know, it's... it's look, at the active military people are part of the community, too. But so are these guys and, and women. And, and I really was inspired by that last night. and wish we did more of it. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather be like an EMT than like... A, the thing we talk about, too, is like when it's the soldiers... I, like again, when you're a soldier, you like, I'm pretty sure almost every person that's a soldier that goes to fight somewhere is never like, boy, I can't wait to get home and be honored in a devil's game. Like, that's not why. The, that's not why <laughs> like, they do I it. I want to get home. Yeah. I think it's probably and then period, right. hard period, right? But hard like, break. But, but, but like they don't, they don't, they don't do that for that. Like it's, yeah. they're, 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 most soldiers again are very much like Batman. Yeah, you don't have to thank them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not, they're not looking at like, but like an EMT who's there every day, like working 16-hour shifts, bringing people back to life? I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about the Batman thing. I mean, they're not inherently rich and don't kill anybody. I would say that there's sort of... <laughs> what do you mean? Soldiers kill people. That's what I'm saying. Like, Batman doesn't ki- 
forget it. Have you not seen the new Batman and Superman? Ben Affleck's chopping off heads. Yeah, that's that's not my Batman. And he's and he's, he's you know poor. who didn't kill anybody? Adam West. He didn't kill anybody. Well, what about that bomb he's running around with? That, that's head? the whole point. The whole point is that Batman was so concerned with oh. the with the with sa- the sanctity of human life that he ran around a dock with a giant bomb over his head that was sparkling. In the fear that he would he would accidentally throw it and blow up somebody with a stroller. Well, I'm, I'm thinking based on the size of that bomb, no matter where he threw it, there had to be again. It was, yeah. like, it was like the end of the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. where like that that bomb didn't get far enough away from Gotham. People died. Who made the last repair on that autopilot? Uh, a Mr. B. Wayne, sir. A Mr. A Mr. Bruce W. Sir. You, sh- uh, you should you should go by uh, your, your your real name, Robin's Lovely. What what what? The whole time. That, fu- that movie. That movie in is so me. fucking bad. Uh, it's not fucking bad. Like oh, Bane's it's bad. Great, oh, it's bad. But it it really isn't. I mean, you, I mean, uh, the problem is that the two before it are so inherently better and, and exponentially better. Bane, Bane dies because he doesn't hear a bat motorcycle pull up two feet next to him and. Shoot him. That's how they killed Bane. <laughs> I was very focused on talking trash with Batman. <laughs> right, right. Like it, it's not as though there was like like a loud distraction around him. A fucking bat cycle. You hear how loud it is in the second movie when he's when he's chasing the Joker on. It's a loud fucking motorcycle. There's usually a lot of traffic on that street in Pittsburgh. How was I supposed <laughs> to know the bat cycle was inside of the bank vault? In Pittsburgh, that's the thing too. Oh, we ran we ran out of things to shoot in Chicago. Yeah, because Chicago is one square mile. There, there's not enough. There's not enough places. Need to, to blow up all those bridges. Uh, that made a lot of those sense. Those random yellow bridges that suddenly exist in Gotham. Oh, I remember what the thing I was going to say. I've got a lot of feedback from people who heard I was going to ESPN on the same day that I was tweeting uh, Penguins Trump stuff. Can I can I just say one thing? No. If I, if I am a a radical leftist snowflake, oh, here we go. Um, well, you are. You work for ESPN. And 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 you're By like definition. you're like good 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 for going to ESPN because you're the radical left and stuff like. Is that really the safest place for a radical left to snowflake these days? Seems like, seems like you've you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't I would not you know not be want to be like I have a big mouth. An election year will be coming up probably within my contract span. Yeah, you know I'm just saying. Maybe not the best place for the radical left to snowflake. You're gonna you're gonna get like those emails from like someone at ESPN. You like, mean like the public editor? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, Greg, I saw this thing you tweeted. Um, you know, well, actually, no, he doesn't email anybody is, is the point. He's right, like, yeah. He just but when it. I become a public editor after I replace him, uh, we'll, we'll talk about your, your online social media situation, sir, <laughs> how it reflects on ESPN. You are merely editor of the public. <laughs> I was born of the public. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, uh, surprises so far this season. I mean, we talked about the Arizona Coyotes earlier. The, not only how disorganized and horrible they, they've looked, uh, and, and dropping two games from an expansion team in the list, but having Rick Tockett come out and basically call them out of shape, I thought was pretty interesting. That's a weird thing to kind of put on your players because you're the coach and you decide yeah. how much they practice and stuff. Like yeah. I'm assuming, like when you know Derek Stepan leaves practice after a hard workout, he's not like, boy, I got to go to the Aria and get some pizza. But again, it's like fucking like, what's the average age of that Coyotes team? You think fucking twenty five? Oh, it's a young ass team. Yeah, man. like they're out of shape. And, and what are they resting on their laurels, being fucking abjectly horrible the previous season? Do you think it's possible that the night before the game they were sitting at a ten dollars blackjack table and betting ten to fifteen? Do you think out of shape night? is code word for having the Vegas flu? We talked about yeah, that. Might, maybe it was earlier, like the Vegas flu is going to be a real thing. People are going to teams are going to come here inexplicably. Boy, it looks like uh, Patrick Kane's lost a step for some reason since his five goal performance in the previous game. Look, I don't want to diminish the moment or anything, but. 
Auntie Ranta got beat by a Derek Englund slap shot from 60 feet away that he couldn't catch. Auntie Ranta's a pretty good goalie. Mm-hmm. Derek Englund, not so much a good scorer. What are you trying to say? A little bit of the old Vegas flu. Say maybe Auntie Ranta was playing a little pie gal till 6 in the morning. And perhaps his, his vision wasn't, I, I don't know. I, it, it was, it, I, I am interested to see how teams. Oh, by the way, that, that Finn we talked about, yeah. uh, that was Auntie Ranta. That when we talked about the black shack table, he was he was, that was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. Could have been. That'd be amazing. He's, he's he's wearing a fucking golden knight sweater after the game. He's like he's like yeah they own me. I uh, I have to admit uh, lost a bet with Max Domi. Have to wear this around the casino tonight. Yeah, by the way, Max Max Domi in the building for a great night of patriotism because he's 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 a he's a guy that wants to. Keep the foreigners out. I'm not, I'm build just, that wall. I'm just saying. I'm, I just want to have a discussion. Actually, you know what? You you, you, you talk now. I'm going to see if you ever had the discussion. It's been two weeks. Let's see if Max Domi has had a discussion yet. Obviously, a huge surprise uh, for yours truly would be the New Jersey Devils. Um, look, team couldn't score for shit last season, but now all of a sudden, goals on the board. Will Butcher has been great offensively, obviously ahead of schedule. They're, they're fast Although I still think that their their jerseys make them look faster than they are, and they're playing exciting hockey. And as a, as a Devils fan, uh, in a season where you were kind of hoping they were going to be dog shit to get another high draft pick and really kick up kick up this uh, rebuild a little bit, uh, they've been playing some fun fun puck. I think you're talking about the Devils. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking at Max Domi's timeline. No nope. discussion yet. No. Nope. Let's have a conversation about this, and then thoughts and prayers with Vegas. Congrats, boys! Playoff bas- playoff baseball back in the desert. So never had the discussion, and then clutch hashtag or clutch at Archie Bradley, the Diamondbacks pitcher. That's it. Oh. Uh, no discussion. Um, yeah, Devils. Again, we were talking about this as well. The Devils started off pretty super awesome last year with Taylor Hall. <laughs> that didn't work out too well. Yeah, but I am surprised by how how they're getting all this offense from you know guys like Will Butcher and mm-hmm. Jesper Jesper, whatever he wants to call himself. Mm-hmm. Brat 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 Bray. I'll go with Brat. Um, I'm surprised St. Louis is doing so well. I thought four and zero out of the gate. I really thought they'd be shittier. Like again, like we're talking surprises. Like I, it, I, I thought they'd be two and two. Like if they were three and one, I wouldn't be surprised. But four and zero, Montreal looking man. as overmatched as they are is a huge surprise for me. Like I mean, you're looking up at this line. Like Duran, the, the, the experiment continues. One assist in four games. Galchenyuk's now on the fourth line again. Just fucking can can we just make the fucking stars align and get him to Colorado and get fucking Duchesne to Montreal already? Like that should just no. be a thing that happens. Galchenyuk to the Devils. That's what you want. Do I want that? Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh, the second he gets out of Montreal, he'll be. He's probably never going to be what everybody thought he was, but he'll be like a fifty-point dude. Yeah. And apparently, you guys love fifty-point dudes. Based we on how many of them? How, how happy you were to get Marcus Johansson or Marcus Johansson? Brandon Saad, five goals in his first four games. I mean, again, like I, I just can't get over the fact that fucking Taves walk, walks into the office and is like, ah. "Hey, you know what? It's nice of you to give Patrick that Russian dude, and he had an answer. Can I? Can I not play with kids?" Remember Brandon Saad? I liked him a lot. Can you get him for me? He had three goals against fucking Antti Niemi on a back, second half of a back-to-back. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold on the Brandon Saad re- reclamation rejuvenation plan. And then obviously you mentioned it before. Mika's advantage had five goals, four of them on the power play. <laughs> fucking. Yeah, the, Ra- the Rangers are worse than I, I mean. I thought the Rangers were going to miss the playoffs, but they've 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 they looked good against Colorado, but Barlamov kind of stole it. Shitty against Toronto. Decent against their who's their one win again? Who am I forgetting? Who do they play? Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. Yeah. There you go. And then St. Louis game, which I saw nothing of, but I'll assume they look bad in that game. 
All right, now it's time for the poll this week. Uh, the, the mailbag, uh, in case you haven't heard, being kicked over to the Patreon. And think, by the way, fuck, man, we haven't even said it, man. Thank you so much, everybody who signed up for the Pucksuit Patreon so far. We are nearing a thousand uh, listeners uh, subscribed to the Patreon. Uh, this week we dropped Tales from the Road stories uh, that uh, about me and Lozo and, and our, our drinking buddies uh, on the, the hockey beat, including some stuff also from the Olympics from me. And, uh, and also on the Patreon this month was the top ten uh, fan, fan experiences, fan gripes a game yeah like yeah. things you don't want to have to deal with at a game yeah like hand jobs apparently we might have talked about that somebody added me about that and they were like oh yeah i've seen that i've seen that i've seen that at games so yeah. there you go there you go uh but the poll this week is about the vegas golden knights tell us where the golden knights are going to finish and why was the question uh sarah writes in i think they'll finish bottom uh four still this feels like the lakers 10 and 10 start last season and then the bottom fell out i think that's the real the real issue is like how much you know the shooting percentages will drop. Everything is going to even out. Everything's going to even out probably. Um, Adam Minnick writes in above Arizona and Vancouver because those two teams are terrible. How feasible is that? I mean, we know Arizona is pretty bad. I still think Arizona will get ahead of them. I still think they're going to be the worst team in the division, Vegas. I just, again, you, you can't ask. Like, when's the last time Mark Andre Fleury played seventy games in a season? Like, like, like Malcolm Subban's got no experience. Like, it, I, I just. Again, Vancouver started 4-0 last season, and there was a dude on Twitter who was talking <laughs> shit to me for a good solid week, and then I never heard from him ever again. Hunter Crowther writes in, uh, here's to riding the hell out of the PDO train all the way to three points out of a wild card spot. So he thinks it's a bubble team. That's how they're going to get fucked, is like they're going to talk themselves into it in like February when there's four points out of the, the, the final wild card spot, and they're going to be like, eh, maybe we should trade Theodore. Do you think McPhee wants us at all, like them to be a bubble team, or do you, do you think he just... Wanted it to be dog shit this season. I think he just wants to be able to like trade James Neal for like a second and a prospect, and he wants to trade you know a couple of his defensemen. Like I don't think he again. I think he has the right idea. I think he wants to just stockpile picks. But yeah, I don't think he wants to. Because think about it. Like if you're the fan and you're like, holy shit, yeah, we're three points out with twenty games to go. Yeah, I mean, look at the schedule we got left. We play we play Vancouver now, twice. Now by fan, do you mean owner? Because <laughs> that's that's the real X factor with this team for me is like I gotta believe at the end of the day that motherfucker wants us to be a playoff team in year one. Like I know he's saying yeah. three year plan to the playoffs, five years of the cup. But like when you get a sniff of it, are you going to really be able to tell George not to try to make this team a little bit more competitive and even try to make it in year one? But that's the thing though is like like let's say they do want to go that way. Like what do they what do they have to trade? Like they, yeah. don't, they don't have a real prospect pool. They don't have any like young guys. They're, no, they're, like they're going to trade like Oscar trade. Lindbergh for like a defenseman or something. Like, yeah, you know, they're they're no, they'll, they'll, they, they, they even George McPhee won't fuck this up. Jagermeister says they're still a bad team, but they're fun. I think they finished 28th in the league or so. Detroit and Vancouver probably worse. Kyle Stevens has maybe my favorite answer. They beat the Minnesota Wild in round one, and then they're out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if they, oh, if they play the Wild in round one, I pick Vegas in five. Oh, I'm not, I'm not full on the way. I think I pick Minnesota to go to the cup final in my predictions. Matt Wrights writes uh, uh, around 11th or 12th in the West, which should be viewed as a huge success. Every player on the team has a chip on their shoulder. Uh, uh, Chad Stopler, uh, Stolper writes in, they end in Seattle. Very mean. Wow. Very mean. No, Seattle's going to get the Islanders. <laughs> and uh, AJ tra- uh, Air Traffic AJ writes in, where did the Vegas Golden Knights end? 
uh, end up this season, and he said, with me pay- playing video poker on one of their floats. So oh. I see that's a cup ah, prediction. Ah, yeah, like the NHL is going to allow video poker at a fucking Stanley Cup parade. That's a very good think, point. Think it through, buddy. Think it through, buddy. All right, man. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks to Daniel Negrano. That was a really fun, cool interview with him. Uh, getting inside a little bit of poker action. Getting inside a little bit of uh, of ho- hockey know-how. Uh, I think, like as we said earlier, the plight of the of the Vegas fan is, in fact, I am a fan of another team. How do I possibly deal with my Vegas fandom? He's got one way. We talk to another guy next week that's got another way uh, to to look at it. Um, it's gonna it, it's gonna be so much fun having a team here, man. I really really enjoyed my time here. I think you've enjoyed your time too, maybe a little bit more than I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm actually up a few dollars right now. Yeah, with with two couple of sports bets pending right right now. Um, Corey Kluber. Who carried my fantasy team all season is murdering my parlay. Actually, Didi Gregorius is, but we'll see how that one pans out. It's still a oh, we should probably also mention that Alex Ovechkin has seven goals to start the season too. We didn't mention that yet. Who's he? What does he do? Yeah, he's a, he's that second line player on the Capitals. <laughs> oh, the penalty kill guy. <laughs> he's got seven goals, huh? Do you think this is the resurrection of Alex Ovechkin no. or a blip on the radar? He'll uh, have probably a similar year that he had last year. You he's, think so? he's, he's not scoring fifty, huh? All right, let's bet right Remember, now. what about everybody saying he was in the best shape they've ever seen him in in, in the preseason or the, the uh, camp and stuff? No, didn't someone tweet like a picture of like? Didn't he have like a Snapchat of like Ovechkin in the off season and he was looking doughy and somebody was like, "Look how fat Ovechkin is!" Yeah, and he, he dropped the weight. Oh, he looked, he looked uh, great in camp. Yeah, seven goals, only one of them on the power play in the first three games. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Does he does he score fifty? Fuck. Uh, does he score forty? Yeah. He gets the 40. I don't know if he can do 50. 33 goals and I guess 79 games. I don't know if he scored tonight or not. I'll say I'll say he doesn't get the 40. Okay, we'll that's, take that. That's my, that's my what's, bold. What's the wager? I say 40 or above, you say 39 or below, and what are we wagering? should be something o- Ovechkin or Russian-oriented. Mm. Yeah, I know. What is it going to be? Uh, well... I'll make you borscht. It's going to be vodka then, I guess. Oh, shit. Yes. Okay, vodka. great idea. Vodka's the answer. Vodka's the answer. I, I, if you win... Vodka's uh, always the answer. A, a bottle of a wonderful beluga vodka. Vodka from Russia. Oh, the, the, the vodka of, of, of cleaning people. The vodka of cleaning people. <laughs> that's right. That's what she drank. She drank my beluga. Of all the shit we've ever said on this podcast, that's still the maddest anybody got was because you were people were mad at you because you were mad that someone stole your vodka. Yeah, like, I know. Like, like I, I still don't understand the connection. It's it's so bizarre. I think it's because I, I said that, that that we had someone to clean the apartment, and now that I'm at ESPN and I also have a, a chauffeur. Oh yeah. Like I don't know what the fuck people are going to think. Oh my god. Oh oh, Yager. I forgot we were talking about Yager. About him getting a job. He's playing tonight. Oh, yeah, but didn't we talk about him being back in the league last episode? Well, he's, he's, it's fun that he's back, though. He's, it's he's, great that he's back. I mean, We're but, all very happy. Boy, We're all very pleased. Boy, you don't sound happy. Well, you know what? You sound a little sarcastic. I'm a little bit over this Yager thing. Traveling Yagers, Yager this, Yager that. You know what? Make way for other people, John Cena. You know what? You know, stop burying the talent, John, John Cena. Cena. Here's what I'm over. Yeah? I understand that Yarmir Yager is old. I can read his bio on many different websites, HockeyReferenceNHL.com. You don't need to constantly tell me how old something was when he was another thing. <laughs> That's the beef. Austin Matthews, you know, when Yarmir Yager scored his first goal, he was negative two years. I, I understand. I get how time works. Stop with those. Like, those tweets drive me insane. All right. That's the show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, indulging us um, about Vegas and, uh, and all of this amazing stuff that we've seen in the last 24 hours. Go Knights Go or Let's Go Vegas. And uh, we'll go talk. Night, go nights go. We'll talk to you next week.
Let's go gamble. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got the commentary to what a few commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, eats and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box soup.